and welcome back to uh, another episode of Protein Ramblings. And yes, that's it. We're finalized on the name. The rebranding is done. We're in place. Uh, I've done the website. Everything is now Protein Rambling. So, hey, we're here. Um, we're back again this time. Joined by We've Got a Bungle. Hello. How many times since you changed the name did you call it Rambling Stoners? No, 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 Rambling Vapors. No, no, Protein Vapors. <laughs> <laughs> bring your mic what? down, Bung. Bring your mic down, Bung. You're peaking like a no, mother- no, no. You're peaking like you a you're peaking like a motherfucker. Is that better? Uh, yeah, that's much better, much better, much no. better. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yes, so we're joined by uh, Bungle, as I say, once again, and we are also joined by our good friend Benny Boy. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Yes, so we're here, and of course, Naomi. I should not forget the silent, invisible partner. The silent majority. <laughs> Silent Silent killer. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're here uh, this week. We're going to do a bit of a follow-up on the last episode we did with Benny where we talked uh, uh, about mental health, uh, particularly in talk about what we've all been doing to keep ourselves sane during this kind of really unprecedented times in our lives, I guess. <laughs> you know, like I don't think any of us thought... Uh, that's yeah, I doing. mean, pretty much the same. <laughs> I don't think any uh, any of us uh, thought that we'd be living through a global pandemic of the scale that we are. Um, I think, no. to be honest, I think like there was a lot of complacency uh, in regards to that from the West because you know we got through SARS, we got through MERS without really ever being touched by it. It's not even that. I think for so hmm. long at the start of last year. It was just, hey, look, it's no worse than the flu. If you're that worried about it, then get your flu vaccine. You know, that's the king thing to worry about. And then all of a sudden yeah. it was like, oh, no, actually, um, we need to lock down society. And it, it, that switch seemed to happen pretty quickly, at least in the Netherlands. Yeah, it happened very slowly here in the UK, courtesy <laughs> of our wonderful <laughs> Tory government. <laughs> they um, did everything they could to not do it. Mm. Yeah. Because the, because the economy. The economy. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, it's an interesting. Tory government uh, prioritising the economy over actual human life. <laughs> oh, what a shock. I mean, I've like, never um, heard of them doing that before. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I mean, yes. the approach wasn't totally different here. Um, so we have like a centre-right coalition government and they decided that the way to go was an intelligent lockdown. So it was like, you know, we trust that people are sensible and that we can just advise you to do things and you'll do them because you're sensible. Um, and that way we can keep we can keep the economy strong and still save lives. And it's I mean, it's not the same as it is in the UK, but I think it's also provably not been the best approach. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, but before we get into um, the the talk about the, the the times, the mentals, and all that bejazzledness, the mentals. Um, uh, it's all right. I count myself among you. Are a mental? Yeah, yeah, I am a mental. Um, no, I, I'm going to do a bit of a throwback session, a, a bit of a throwback section to uh, to the vaping days. Um, just to, uh, what we've been vaping. A because not been not been. Blah, blah, blah. Not been with Bungle. Not been with Bungle for a while, so uh, might be some news there. And also because I just picked up a fucking fantastic new little vape pod, which I highly recommend. Um, so I picked up the Vupu uh, V-Through pod. Um, my God, if you're thinking about switching from smoking to vaping, this is the absolute dream. It's fucking fantastic. It's like 30 bucks. It's got amazing flavor, amazing draw. Um, yeah, I just like... I'm blown away by it. I really am. I've been vaping it constantly since it arrived yesterday. Um, I also picked up uh, the Caliburn uh, Caliburn G, 
uh, by UWell, which is another pod system, which again is also fantastic. Um, not as good as the V through, uh, mainly because its battery life isn't as long, but in terms of flavor and vapor production, really, really nice and a good, again, a really good pod kit to get people started. Um, other than that, the only other new things that I picked up were the dot mod MTL tank, which is really, really good, but very expensive for what it is. It's like 45, 50 bucks for an MTL RTA. But if you're looking for an, a really good RTA with great flavor that's mouthed along, definitely recommend. Anything new on your side, Bong? Uh, yeah, I think last time I was here, I had the, I'd just got the Orion uh, little pod system. Yes. Uh, that's been going good. I found some of the coils don't fit very well, and I'm actually getting dr- juice dripping through out of the bottom oh. because juice is sort of doing some funky shit through it. But admittedly, I don't use it very frequently, so it's sitting there with juice sitting in it for a while. So it's probably my own fault. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've gone back to my custard um, after taking a short break with um, Pud. It's vanilla custard. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, and also one I discovered recently, which... Um, long-time listeners, uh, or should I say long-time sufferers, um, remember back in the day, I used to, one of my favourite juices was Nick's Blissful Brews, smoked custard plus. Habana, mm. do a creamy vanilla tobacco. Ooh. <laughs> and it is as close as I have found to smoked custard. It's more on the tobacco than the smoked custard was. It's like yeah. a nice, smooth Cuban cigar with a oh. drizzle of vanilla in it. Oh, it's actually really nice. I'm using that on my profile... Uh, RDA. Nice. Uh, with a lovely bit of mesh, they're getting full flavor from it. Cool, cool. Um, I had the dot mod single core last time I was here, which is still wrapping on my old, old school Luna. Absolutely love that. And that's using um, just jams, raspberry jam and scone. Again, long-time sufferers will know that is one of my go-to juices. Yeah. Uh, but currently with the custard, a uh, new device, Ether RDA. RTA. Nice. Uh, single single core thing from um, Suicide Mods and Vaping Bogan. Okay, yeah. Um, it is a restrictive direct lung or with inputs and airflow, a mouth-to-lung device. Oh, cool. That, I, I do like it when you have that option. Yeah, so it's got a little insert you can stick in the airflow underneath the coil. Uh, and then the airflow selection is insane. Um, Grim Green recently did a build video, I think, on it, one of his live streams. Yeah, it was actually um, um, a Grim Green video I was watching last night where he, he reviewed pod mods and he I already had the caliber and he basically reviewed the, um, the uh, like ranked and the V through came top and I was like, I'd been omitting and ring on it. I was like, fuck it, bye. Um, also yeah. got a new juice with it as well, which I'm, I've got in there at the moment, which is really nice. Zaps, uh, Snow Pear, uh, 20 milligram nicotine salt. Really, really nice. Really nice. Um so yeah, uh, that's that. That is what we've been vaping. Some recommendations for anyone out there looking to transition from vaping to smoking. Don't uh, no, uh, the other way around. The other way around. Oh god, the other way around. <laughs> don't 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 transition from vaping. Well, yeah, I to put smoking. my vape down and grabbed a pack of Marlboro <laughs> Cowboy killers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> talk of that though. I did actually clean my car out because oh, I've got a new car. Got rid of the old one. Was cleaning oh, what the old have you one got? Uh, I've got a Citroen C4. Uh, sticking French, uh, but my, my dad's a Citroen mechanic. So, okay, that, well, that makes uh, sense. So, yeah, it makes sense to go for a car that he knows in and out. <laughs> so when it does eventually do its I French thing. I mean, at least thing, it's not a 2CB. No, at least it's not that. Um, found a pack in there of, um, how was it, the Dunhill Internationals. <laughs> with like four right, cigarettes smoked out of it. That's old school. Like, yeah, I was like, ooh, Dunhill Internationals. 
put them somewhere, but just in case I ever get that thing where I get drunk and like, I want a cigarette. Yeah. And I've got them there. <laughs> nice. So, uh, vaping, smoking talk out the way, coming back to the main topic of the, at least the first half of this podcast. So, how's everyone's lockdown been going? Um, I have drunk more alcohol over the past 12 months than I have in the past five years. <laughs> <laughs> but normally, a bottle of whiskey will last me probably about a year because I'll have a, a snifter here and there mm-hmm. and only drink if I go out. Uh, since lockdown has begun, I have now got probably about five or six empty bottles of whiskey somewhere in this room because <laughs> I'm storing them up for got friends who make mead at LARP. So I was like, these bottles are actually pretty funky for it, all cork sop. So there we go. I'll mm-hmm. save them for them. But yeah, I have got through a lot of booze. I've drunk so much more than I normally would, <laughs> uh, which is not a good thing. And I am vaping a lot more because... I work from the same place I'm sitting yeah. right now. I live, mm. live, work, and play my computer games in the same room. Yeah. Uh, mm. so there's no more, oh, I'm just going to nip out for a vape break. So I'm sitting here working. Chuff, chuff, chuff. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Um, what about yourself, Benny? Uh, are you, because you're, are you still uh, at Adam Brooks? I am still working at the hospital, yes. Um, so that is like, I feel quite lucky. As when did we when did we record the last one? Uh, it was May uh, last year because it, it was, was uh, for, yeah it was for mental health awareness uh, mental health yeah, awareness of yeah, yeah. yeah 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 okay so yeah I just started working there then yeah um, yeah well I mean uh, I feel quite lucky because I have a job where I get to go out of the house every day so I get some work life separation not a lot of people have the luxury um, so I'm quite grateful for that to be honest. And quite grateful to be kind of helping, you know, in yeah. a, during a pandemic. I can imagine that really... there must be a, a good sense of job satisfaction with, especially in yeah. the current climate, right? Like, Absolutely. I, I've got to ask, is there not like, do you not have, like, because, I mean, is there not a concern as well, given the, 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 the virility virility is that the right word of 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 covid like do you, do you not have like concerns about when you do go into work it's like i know like obviously there are a lot of precautions being taken in hospitals but like what's your like proximity for exposure kind of thing what's your like risk factor like um well so i'm you know i'm not i'm not old i don't have any health conditions um old in the medical yeah uh, <laughs> I feel quite old sometimes, but um, no, I'm not in a high risk. I'm not in a high risk group. You know, I'm reasonably healthy. Um, That's good. I don't have any genetic factors vulnerable to this thing. Um, From the start, I've been fairly well protected in terms of how the hospital provides protective equipment. Uh, Not add a whole lot of formal training. Very quickly, people show you how to use it. So pretty quickly. Um, to be honest, at the, at first I was like, I remember my first day going in there, having been in lockdown, you know, since March and not really having seen anyone and going in there for my first day, not really knowing what to expect, sitting in re- the main reception of Brooks hospital and waiting to be collected, um, by, by and the hospital was just full of people walking past, <laughs> like some of them not. Some of them not even two meters apart. And I was like, oh, this is awful. How is this allowed? <laughs> you know, this is everything we've been told not to do over the past couple of months. And here are people in the hospital just wandering about willy-nilly, you know, talking to each other. It's really weird proximity. to me how quickly I've come to view crowds as just this terrible thing. Like when you watch footage of 
we watch old movies and you see crowds or documentaries or even like when we mm. watch clips of wrestling shows from this time last year and they've still got people i'm like yeah that's horrific that's yeah. they're, so, they're right next yeah. to each other that's disgusting yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so yeah um yeah so that i mean so that's been less of a as i say that's been i got used to that pretty quickly and that's been less of a problem and as for the as for kind of the risk factor that kind of melted away very quickly i just kind of go in put a mask on and get on with it and i don't yeah. really think about it to myself and actually um the other thing for me so i've had some recent news on this but last uh i don't know if i told you about this in the la last time we spoke but i joined the one of the vaccine trials mm, yeah. yes you did you mentioned uh, that yes i joined the oxford vaccine trial um which is supposed to last a year obviously it's a blind trial so you don't know which vaccine you're getting yeah um so the 50 50 percent of the trial participants get a control but because they started rolling the vaccine out to NHS staff in January, they gave us the option to contact them when we were in a position to get a vaccine, find out which one we'd had. Okay. So I did that um, <laughs> because I was able to, they were at the stage where it was like, right, you can book an appointment. And it came back that I had had the Oxford vaccine. Hmm. Oh, cool. In, in fact, I'd opted in during the trial. They, they asked people if well, I wanted to have a booster as well. So I said, yeah, well, stick it to me. Uh, <laughs> so I had. I had two doses of the Oxford vaccine and the advice that came back was basically, you've been vaccinated, you've had a booster, you don't need any more. So don't bother booking a vaccine. Um, so I've actually been protected this whole time. Oh, that's wow, without, that's really great news. Without knowing. Without <laughs> knowing and, you know, taking part in the trial. And again, it feels good to be doing, mm, doing yeah. a little bit to, to help people. Oh. But actually, you know, my my overall mental health, to get back to the app, yeah. has, been, has been pretty up and down. Yeah. Um, because it's still it's still a hefty task to navigate the world in in these times that we're living in these unprecedented times. <laughs> everyone, as I'm so fucking sick of yes. hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, I've been really up and down. I've missed some work because I've been feeling very anxious or depressed. You know, I've been in despite the fact that I've had quite a fulfilling job. I've still been in dark places. At the moment, I'm in a really good spot. Um, good. Personally, which is which is great. I feel a lot more, certainly the last few weeks, I feel a lot more, starting to feel a lot more hopeful because I see, I see, I've seen lots of vaccinated. I've seen, obviously the hospital is, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to discuss figures, but no, it's no, safe to say that the hospital is riddled at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. So so many, can so confirm. Many COVID <laughs> yeah. So many COVID patients. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruth works there as well, doesn't she? Well, yeah. She's um, on, yeah what's termed an amber ward which is people who've had their swabs yeah. awaiting results yeah um yeah. she's getting weekly um swab tests i'm guessing uh -huh. you are as well oh yeah um, i've had weekly weekly swab tests since last since i got back so june or whatever yeah but um, the hospitals itself started doing weekly swabs for all staff mm. um she's had her first dose of the pfizer vaccine oh, that's uh -huh. good. Um, yeah which, um, unlike everyone else we know, she thought, I'm not posting it on social media. I don't need to fucking go, oh, I've had the jab. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. like, who gives a shit? It's, yeah, I've had it, but I don't need to gloat about it or show everyone how great I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is insane. Just like numbers wise, it's getting a bit fucking crazy. It's like everyone's going, oh, the, the devin's going down. It's like, yeah, but we're also in the middle of, well, I say middle of winter. It's coming towards the end of winter. We're about to have a nice cold snap here again. Oh, yeah. We're which about means to get we're going to have a lot of four feet of snow. Yeah. Wasn't what, four inches, I think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> four, inches, four feet, four feet, whatever. You know, same difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a slight, uh, slight discrepancy. Uh, slight difference, yeah. Um, 
and a foot is 12 of those inches. Yes, I so. know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, now you guys are in Europe, you don't understand Imperial anymore, presumably. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We're, we're You've forgotten everything. No, it's, it's, it, you say that, but it's really weird because all my GP keeps asking me, like, uh, oh, what's your weight? And I'm like, well, it's about 11 stone. And she's like, what the fuck is a stone? And I'm like, <laughs> it's a big rock thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but my, oh, okay, like, talking about health, like, okay. Dutch, the Dutch have like completely fopped the vaccine rollout and doing it. They've just like that we're behind every. Yeah, but other in fairness, thing. you've got to make everyone try paracetamol and go home for two weeks first. This, so this is if you go to a GP in the Netherlands with any complaint, and uh-huh. I mean any complaint, they will say take two paracetamol and go home. They're like, the, so you know how your GP is supposed to be your access to medical care? You, the GP in the Netherlands is the gatekeeper of medical care and you have to fight your way through them. You have to prove that, like, you're really dying. So, um, as we... GP, as we, dark, take two paracetamol, come back in a couple of weeks. D- yeah. So, here's case in point, right? So, when we last spoke, uh, Benny, obviously we talked about I was going through DBT for therapy mm. for my uh, BPD. Well, I, um, so not long after we spoke, um, a couple of months later in August, um, mm. I actually lost my job. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I, uh, well, I, I left my job and I moved to a new job, a much better, better job. Um, but because I just started the new job, um, and the time, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the time to go to therapy. So I ended up cycling out right. of, uh, the therapy. Uh, without right. completing the course, however, I have I did take enough away from it that uh, my, you know, in terms of the mindfulness exercises and things that we discussed last time, uh, a lot of that, uh, you know, generally I've been on a very solid keel since then. One of the big bo- boosts for me was I can't remember if we'd, I'd mentioned it during that episode or if it happened after, um, but uh, I don't know if you, I think you both met uh, my friend Desta. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she's now a trained hypnotherapist. Um, and Ooh. she gave me free hypnotherapy and oh my God, did it change my fucking life. Um, like honest to God, like, uh, she gave me a, a hypnotherapy session and then a recording to listen to for a month. And after that, my sleep improved, my mood improved, everything improved. Um, obviously there are, you know, not everyone is going to work for hypnotherapy because not everyone is susceptible to that suggestion. Uh, it's kind of scary that I am in a way. <laughs> so, like, I bet I, you would never have thought you would be right no i think if someone had asked you beforehand you would have said you were not susceptible no i mean i I, you say that but i i would have said i don't know because Mm -hmm. i honestly don't i'd never experienced it but now i know i need to stay the fuck away from darren brown i mean that's just (laughs) (laughs) i think there's i think there's a way to make anybody yeah i i think you might be right i I think it probably helps it was with somebody you know and trust yeah 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 yeah. establishing is a key part of it isn't it um, yeah, definitely. I, uh, think every, I think every human brain is 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 vulnerable to being, if not conned, then certainly persuaded into something that they would not. You know, they might outright say they are you know, hardline, cynically against the idea of. Well, yeah. we can discuss that in the second half of the episode when we talk about fucking QAnon, <laughs> because that's a really good example. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it's um, so yeah for me, obviously, the starting a new job in the pandemic era has been fucking interesting because obviously mm. I've not met any of my coworkers yet, apart from uh, apart from one, um, uh, my friend Marina, who uh, turns out she's really into board games. So uh, she's been coming. We I've bought a ton of board games off her. Actually, um, I have like now 
the the Dark Souls board game plus most of its expansions, uh, an amazing game called Deep Madness, which is basically Alien meets the Abyss meets the Sphere. And you play a load of investigators in an underwater mining facility that's infested with aliens and you have to figure out what went wrong, kill the aliens and escape. And there's loads of different scenarios you can play. It's fucking fantastic. Um, last night, uh, we I bought Mansions of Madness second edition. Played that last night. So I've been doing a lot more board gaming. But um, mm-hmm. I digress. Coming back to, uh, yeah, so starting the new job, that was that was really, um, that was like, in a, in a lot of ways, it was very good because it gave me something really hard to focus on, um, which, you know, it meant that it gave my days a bit more purpose. Um, so it, it made the the transition for like the coping with the not doing anything different every day a little bit easier because something was different, even though it was still going to work and something, the, the context of the work and the subjects of the work was very different. Um so that was really, really good. Um, and also the other big thing that happened, which I mentioned before on the show, was uh, me and Naomi, we bought our first house. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we moved during a pandemic as well, which was interesting. Um, we we opted for the let's pay people to do everything and not have to worry about it approach. Which I definitely recommend if you can do it. Yeah, don't move yourself, guys. Like pay and move, remove. We, I'm so glad we did because they had to bring the sofa through the front room window. Uh, like they yeah. had to hike it up and bring it through the window. They tried to bring it up the stairs. They were like, "Yeah, <laughs> ain't happening." So, uh, yeah. So in that sense, it's been it's been um, it, it's been, it, I've actually had a fairly positive lockdown. It's only been in the recent few months for me, for me where I, I again it's I had some of it's SAD kicking in with the winter months, um, mm-hmm. but also we've um, here in the Netherlands we've had uh, like we've gone into increasingly severe lockdowns uh currently we have a curfew uh between is it eight it's nine o'clock and four thirty. Nine nine p.m till 4 30 a.m um but the big the big kicker that's really hit me hard is actually restaurant closures um yeah. like and it sounds so fucking bougie it's like <laughs> i can't go to my fine dining restaurants but it's like it's amazing how much of a a, a thing that was like just going at being able to go out for a bite to eat how much of a importance that was to the day-to-day and that's those are the things that i like myself i've been missing and very much like bungle my alcohol consumption is a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, i mean you, you you've got to have things to look forward to haven't yeah. you yeah I mean, yeah well uh, and it's interesting to see how interesting and kind of horrifying see how people react when they don't you know um normally um me and uh tony would would go on holiday every winter because we hate yeah, because it's shit dark mm. and there's nothing to look forward to, and there's no warmth. So we will go somewhere for warmth, like the Canary Islands or you know somewhere like that where it's reasonably warm. Um, but obviously we haven't had that, so that's been really tough, especially for her. I think um, she really she really hangs her hopes having nice holidays. Mm. I think you need to adjust your um, auto tune sensitivity be a, a bit, Benny. You cutting out on. No. The- Okay. I'm cutting out, am I? Just a okay, little well, bit. Just a little bit on a couple of words. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some, some live um, production on the fly mixing here. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, nice. no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's, it's, it's all part of the flavor of the show. Um, I've cranked, cranked myself up slightly. As long as you're actually recording. Yeah, I think, it's more just the sen- <laughs> I think it's more just the sensitivity, like the auto, you know, the auto um, cut thing. Okay. Yeah. I think it just yeah. needs to, yeah, just adjusting slightly. But uh, anyway, um, 
Yeah, no, like like yourselves, travel has been a, become a big thing for me and Naomi because obviously that was the whole thing. With, with, with the, we were in Japan when COVID broke out, basically. Like we were there at January, end of January, like until the end of January. Oh, yeah, of course you were. And we both got stupidly sick out there, which it turns out was COVID. Um, huh. And just no one knew what, because yeah. obviously we went to two massive wrestling events with like, um, what, what was it, 40,000 plus, Something ridiculous 40 like to 50,000 people there each night yeah. from all over the world. Yeah, because you were already sick mm. by that point, weren't you? Yeah, and I was like, because like, I remember us having this conversation where you were like, oh, well, you know, you'll, you'll probably get it as well. And I was like, look, if I'm not already sick, I'm probably not going to get sick. And then like 10 days later, mm. I got really sick. And then we got home and started learning more about COVID and like incubation period, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, seven to 14. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. And then yeah. um, I had to go to my GP because I was having some uh, like chest pains and stuff. And it, yeah, I hadn't like, basically I've got a bit of lung damage left over from it. Um because I was coughing like a bad man. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I was coughing like fucking Disco Kenny after 90 cigarettes, you know? <laughs> the cough took, yeah, I was coughing great. Like, in retrospect, you know, we came home, I had one day off, and then I went back into the office still with the cough. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I was yeah. hacking all over people and stuff, but I look back now and I'm like, oh no, I could I could have taken COVID to work. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. never know. <laughs> um, but I had another scare uh, was it only oh, about two two weeks, two weeks ago? So I had to go. I had to go get tested because I, I was like, I turns out it was just a bit of a chest infection. But um, yeah, I was coughing a lot. Couldn't climb upstairs. Um, getting a test here is a little bit of a pain in the ass because you can't if you if you don't drive, it's it's difficult because the test center they're uh, like you can't take public transport, you can't take a taxi, and you can't you yeah. can't obviously if you can't drive you got and the closest they kept saying yeah okay you can go to this one or this one and both of them were like two and a half hours walk away i'm like motherfucker i can't even walk upstairs <laughs> yeah that's not good is it yeah here they've got they are doing some mail testing so basically they'll send you the pack you swab at home and you post it back yeah one of my friends um her company are doing rapid tests every sunday night so people know whether they can come in on the monday oh, okay yeah Wow. Yeah, the statistic uh, test, isn't it? I think the rapid one. I can't remember what she said it was, but yeah. No, it seems there's like... a urine test as mm. well, which, mm. uh, which I think you're using for gigs <laughs> in the future. It's like, well, before you go into the gig, you have to pee in this cup and we dipstick it. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it, could be, it could be worse. Have you seen they're doing anal swabs yeah. in China? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it depends what uh, you're in. You want to come in? Dip, bend over. Depends what you're into, right? You know, that <laughs> exactly. be, if that was a BDSM club, I'm sure everyone would bend over quite happily. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, they did. Some people discover they like something more that they never knew about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I, I would like it to that. be a choice, though. I would like someone to say, "Do yeah. you want yeah. the anal swab or the whatever it is, the oral swab?" You know, I would, I would not yeah. like to, for them to. You just don't be want like, them to mix it up either. You know, <laughs> no, no ass to mouth. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, that was a typo. You're definitely having the anal swab. So I got, I got. No, my told name's by Alan. The... My name's Alan. <laughs> 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 I got told by the vaccine trial that if I did ever test positive, which I haven't so far. Um, they want so they take blood from me every couple of months anyway, but they told me Vampires. that if I do test, they're going to take they they want a stool sample. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. well, that's, that's, the, that's the IBS worst trial one years to give. ago. Yeah, yeah, stool samples yeah are, It's yeah. Um, no one fun. wants to touch their own shit. There's a reason we have toilets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, also, I just because I did an IBS trial a few years ago, um, mm. And they gave me these things that basically, oh, you just attach this over top of your toilet seat, shit into it, then you can scoop your poo without having to get in the water. Oh, human shit stinks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like, when it goes in the water, you're like, it smells a bit bad. But when it's not yeah. in water and just there in the open, you're like, 
So you'll be pleased to know, Bung, our new house does not have the display tray in oh, the, the toilet and it, the oh, shelf. Oh, no. We have normal toilets. <laughs> that's, that's, a, yeah. that's like a Northern Continental Europe thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like yeah, a 50 50 thing in the Netherlands. I knew it was kind of a German thing. But the German, yeah. I must inspect my pool before I flush it. <laughs> yeah. I need to know if my pool is like regular or if I need to go to the doctor. Uh, I offend all my German. Need your time to, to pay your respects before you say yeah. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is really impressive to turn around and go, "Shit, that came out of me." It's never impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's never impressive. Yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing with my OBS trial is like normally, if you're asking for a stool sample, they want like one, two scoops. I had to fill a sample pot with shit. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going. <laughs> Just like with the, using the <laughs> tiny little scoop spoon that comes inside the lid, having to just shove this stuff into this pot. Did you it consider just using time. a cat tray? Uh, it was tempting, but then I thought, oh, I might, might get, um, if I use litter tray, then I might get some litter in it. And that might um, <laughs> skew like, Oh, it's worse than we thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your, Your problem cat. is you're eating cat litter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you like the talk about mental health and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my, my shit is literally directly linked to my mental health. It's well, like yeah, I, my IBS is a major I, stress trigger. It's like I, if I get stressed whole, out, I get mental. Yeah. Well, every, I think the whole conversation around the, the current kind of scientific developments, which they're just really getting started on by the sounds of it, around gut health and mental health is yeah. just absolutely fascinating to me yeah and it's, it's, the, it seems like it's very much in its infancy but it seems like you know your gut bacteria can really affect oh your tendency towards you know certain mental illnesses and all other kinds of things i yeah. can completely uh, well, i can completely attest to that because obviously i have been a long i'm a i still suffer with an eating disorder and that completely mm. fucks up your gut biome, and yeah. you do. There are significant impacts on that because, like, one of the one of the key impacts is like fatigue, which on then has a further knock on effect on your overall mental health as well. So it's, yeah. um, I mean, I've, I've been taking a lot of. Um, <clears throat> I'll come into this a bit, but I've been taking some supplements, uh, some non-traditional supplements um, uh, recently, both me and Naomi, and oh my God, yes. Uh, oh, hold, on. hold on, one second, one second. Did you get them from Infowars.com? No, no. <laughs> okay, just checking. Actually, um, these will just make you redder and angrier. Actually, while I'm talking about while I'm talking about it, uh, I might as well go into it. So there's a couple of things. Um, uh, obviously, I've been using CBD um, uh, fairly regularly, and once again, I should mention this show uh, this week is brought to you by the wonderful people over at EasyPeasyCBD.co.uk. You can check them out for all your CBD needs. They have great range of crumbles, uh, vape juices, oils. All their lab reports are available there and they do a wealth of different profiles from CBD isolates to broad spectrum, full spectrum, flow form, and even a CBG focus. Um, and if you head over there right now and use the code rambling, you will get 40% off your order as well. So they're do go check them out. They CBD has been a real beneficial thing for me during this lockdown as well. Um, it's helped me a lot with my um, sleeping. Um, especially using some of the broad spectrum crumbles, which you effectively use like an, in a dab rig uh, or you can eat them, not advised, but that's what I do sometimes. Um, and uh, also been using um, the vape oils and the flow form. So flow form is a really interesting profile is that it has more of the other cannabinoids than any other um, 
of the CBD variants. The only thing to bear in mind with that is that um, it um, can contain up to about 2% THC, not enough to actually cause any psychoactive effects, but it can show up in a drug test for THC. So uh, that's one thing to bear in mind. But So there's been that, and um, both me and Naomi have been using... Uh, uh, We've been microdosing psilocybin. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a fantastic company uh, called Microdose Pro uh, here in the Netherlands. Um, and they sell um, pre-measured blister packs of um, psilocybin truffles because they are legal here in, in the Netherlands. And it's measured out each, each um, uh, blister, each like dose is just one gram. Um, and... It's, oh my, I mean, you've been using it. like Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I'm using it as often as you. Um, but on days where I'm just like, okay, I need to get shit done. I need to stay focused. They're great. Um, it, it is like somebody comes and cable tidies my brain. But because like focus, I don't know if it's a lockdown thing or it's just a me thing. Focus and staying on track has been no. a big problem. <laughs> and sometimes I'll kind of look at my workload in the morning and be like, I don't know where to start. So I do nothing, which obviously is not great. And they've yeah. been really good for stuff like that. Like they just, I'm on track. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get it done. Kind of, you just feel kind of locked in and focused, do you? Or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it's, you don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say I feel physically different. It's definitely a mental thing. Whereas instead of looking at my to-do list or my email inbox and just kind of being a little bit overwhelmed and like, I, I don't, I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to even start doing it. It's much easier to just be like, okay, do one thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. And before I know it, I've done everything I need to do. <laughs> and it, it makes me a lot less anxious. Um, and for myself as well, the, yeah, like in terms of um, mood, it's definitely, because obviously there is a, a serotonin release that comes with this as well. So, it, But not like, a, not like a, a high serotonin release, just a small trickle that I, that, um, it definitely improves mood. It's uh, far better for me personally, alternative uh, uh, than something like an SSRI. Um, in that, I there are no, I have a no negative effects whatsoever. Zip zero zilch zip nada. It's uh, mm -hmm. um, but it, you know mornings when I wake up and it's grim outside and gloomy, and uh, my mood is in the toilet. I'll wake up. I'll take. Um, I'll take a, a dose as I get up with my morning coffee. And about half an hour later, I don't feel so bad about the day anymore. And I'm, I, I'm just ready and focused. There's, there is no, there's no like impairment of thought. There's no, in fact, in fact if anything, there's clarity of thought. Uh, it's quite the opposite. It's been quite a revelation. Obviously I've, I've been a psychonaut for some quite some time of my life. Um, so I'm no stranger to hallucinogenics, but I've typically used them in more of a, a heavy-handed approach of, you know, recreational or with the object of, you know, like with DMT, you know, really blow your mind open kind of a approach. Um, whereas this is, this is, this is, it, it's definitely an avenue that needs to be done, a lot more research done into it. There is currently a study being done in, I think it's either Oxford or Cambridge. It's in the UK where it, because um, the, the legality of it, the way they're getting around it is, it's not tri strictly a clinical study, um, but it's also not um, just a, a free study either. What they're doing is uh, this professor, I will put a link to the, the uh, thing in the show notes uh, 
where you can find out more about it because um, I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But the ultimate outline of it is the professor running the study, he is working with all the participants who are using their own products, their own substances that they've obtained um, through whatever means they can obtain them through. And then they are all reporting on clinical studies. In there. So then they're basically packaging it all up, mixing it in between placebos and real ones and just mixing it all up and then taking days where they're taking the placebo and stuff like that and marking it all down. Um, so it's it's kind of trying to put some of the clinical elements into the study. Um, I, there's going to be, I'm actually going to put the video for it on our, uh, the, there's a YouTube video for it I was watching the other day. I'm going to put that, that video on the sciencey stuff page of our website. So if anyone wants to go and check it out, they can check it out at proteinramblings.com slash sciencey stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's been a real big, a real big benefit to us. Um, that's been one of my big things that's helped with the lockdown because like with Naomi saying, I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, you probably know this a bit more than maybe Ben, who's going to work on focusing day to day when you're just in that same space all day. Because well, um, like I say, I'm, I'm sitting in my well makeshift office at home, which is basically our spare storage room, which at some point I'm actually going to sort this out so I can have a better layout. I'll have it so my desk is, rather than by the window behind, which is obviously horrible glare, so I'm currently using a blanket to block out the window because the curtains are fucked. <laughs> Uh, actually have that so that's behind my monitors so getting light coming in in the mornings especially um, but uh, yeah it's one of the things like getting up in the morning I wake up have a cup of coffee go, come into this room and sit here till about but if if Ruth's um, at work I basically will pop downstairs sort the dog out then come back in here and then we'll be in here till like half six seven depending on films you know or whatnot <clears throat> or on days when she isn't at work I'll be coming down at lunchtime, spending an hour away from here, then coming back in here until four, at least, depending on how much work I have to do. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it is very repetitive. Um, mm. It's a little bit mind-numbing. Um, one thing I've been doing a lot recently is using um, <laughs> lo-fi hip-hop beats <laughs> just to focus yeah, my mind. that's my yeah. musical choice for work. Yeah, exactly. If I'm working, rather than... I, I used to work with just to have... I'd have listened to podcasts when I was in the office. So I'd have podcasts going, or I'd have like music I love, like music I grew up with, like old school punk, old school jazz, all mm -hmm. sorts of shit just going on. And I found sitting at home, it's like, oh, great having that. But then I'll just like, I'll drift off and just sit there listening to the music. It's like, I don't know. I then discovered, um, obviously, there's the um, several different live streaming channels on YouTube mm -hmm. for it. Um, the two I tend to use the most are um, it's uh, Chill Hop, mm -hmm. which is the one with the raccoon as their. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's. Um, Oh, it's Chilled Cow. I don't know that one. Uh, Chilled Cow is one. Uh, the uh, Chill Hop one is very got very jazz feel to it. The Crazy Cow is much more sort of very sort of soft and chill. Mm. So depending on what I'm doing, I'll go between the two of those. I think the the one I like at the moment, I think, I think it's just called like Late Night Cafe or something like that. Um, I'll have to look it up because you can put it in the show notes if yeah. people are interested. But yeah, it's it's just nice background music. It's not obtrusive. Yeah, there's, um, there's very like especially I know I've had heard some lyrics on the chilled hop one. Mm. The uh, chilled cow is there's no lyrics whatsoever. It is just like just the backing music, mm. and it's just nice to have that there. Yeah, to keep my brain away from everything that's going on around me, and just like I can zone in on what I'm doing. Um, I can't remember last time I was actually on the 
podcast, whether that was before or after lockdown. Um, God, I can't remember. <laughs> I, think, no, I, I think it was before because the last one with you on, I remember, was um, it was called World on Fire. So I think it was just as everything was booked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wonder what could have been Only happening. Election. So yeah, that was pre-November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, so just before lockdown, I got promotion at work. I'm now a sysadmin rather than just IT to help their support. So I'm now doing a lot more stuff where I'm not dealing with people every day. Right, right, right. Golf clap. So there was a golf clap. Hero was applauding. Yes. You yeah. can't hear it, but he was. I was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sincerely. And I was applauding too in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Um, they don't pay in applause. I can't use applause <laughs> to pay share Tesco. Don't. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Don't clap. don't I know it, Bungle. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I miss Tesco's when they start doing the NHS clap on a Thursday night. Clap to show your appreciation for the NHS. It's like, how about you just pay them a fucking wage? Yeah, Yeah, that would be better. Mm. How about vote for parties that will sort this shit out? Yeah. Destroy the NHS, trying to make it a private organization. But why are they losing money? Because it's a not a profit. Not not for profit organization. Mm -hmm. It's a health. Sorry, I'm run, rambling on now. No, um, I mean, the, but uh, it's still protein thing. ramblings. Um, yeah. So, Benny, what about yourself? Like, you mentioned that you've been going through some ups and down pe- uh, periods. What have mm. you been doing to help keep yourself sane during the lockdown? I mean, obviously, I think all three of us ha- benefit from having partners, so we're not by ourselves, mm. which is yeah. a massive boon. But I, just, uh, I also benefit from having a partner. Four of us. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Well, okay. Naomi uh, do doesn't know? benefit from having her partner. No. Well, uh, I mean, it's debatable. That's another show. It's debatable. <laughs> yeah. I think Nero was just having a self-esteem crisis then. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, we're just one now. We are just one person, that's all. Just one. We are oh, both. Okay. We will assimilate oh, <laughs> resistance. Oh, no. Oh, not, not this again. Um, so what have I been doing? Well... Uh, I don't know. I, I go through phases of, of doing really well and then doing really badly because that's what I'm like. Uh, and I'm, 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 I've been trying for years to find ways to even it out. But obviously, I st- so I still do counselling uh, weekly, um, which which helps kind of tease out what's actually going on in my head. Um, because I, I, like many people, certainly many men of my generation am deeply emotionally repressed less so than the previous generation mm-hmm. but Amen. You know, in terms of in terms of in terms of um uh one thing i've kind of discovered is that i i largely treat emotions as an inconvenience to be uh ignored as much as possible <laughs> which also as it turns out is not good for long-term mental health no, no. um it's, it's, so i tend to let i tend to let them build up over weeks because i i start feeling good again and then i get complacent and then i just let shit build up and then i sort of collapse again and then i'm back and forth um uh at the moment as i said i'm feeling pretty good uh, in terms of what i've been doing well again i have to go back and say my job helps a lot because I'm a so I'm a porter in a hospital, which means I walk on average about twenty thousand steps a day, and exercise. I cannot overstate how important exercise is for I, me to stay healthy. Yeah, and actually, actually, as boring as it sounds, extended periods of sobriety are actually really <laughs> good for me. No, so at the I, moment, can, I can understand that. At, at, at the moment, I'm down to um, one or two alcoholic drinks a week. So I'll have cool. a drink on a Friday night at the moment. I'm also on a diet because I'm the heaviest I've ever been. So, because I've been, I also have to admit to myself that I self-medicate with food. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, um, completely, completely. And I think I think a lot of people have turned to 
food or alcohol or both mm -hmm. in the past year, just to have something to look forward to. You can't yeah. go out. What can you do? You can buy in food and you can alcohol. order a pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can have any that other substances yeah. you can um, get hold of. And and you should see and, my, talking you know, about other substances. You should see my drawer. <laughs> Your snack. Yeah. Drawer. Yeah. My no, I didn't mean my snack drawer. I meant my <laughs> snack air quotes drawer. <laughs> like like the back of the car in Fear and Loathing. <laughs> uh yeah so i mean like yourself though um i i do i i like you know as i'm saying like i showed you my my liquor cabinet i have a liquor cabinet for fuck's sake um but i will attest that i when we first moved in here obviously there was so much going on getting the house ready and things i went through like a a, a well probably a few months of just nothing like not really drinking no nothing really at all um yeah. none of my <laughs> recreational habits um and uh yeah i i definitely noticed a benefit from that um i i i still uh, i like when i when i've got this liquor cabinet and everything but I, I like i'm i have probably maybe a drink every other day mm -hmm. about right you yeah i would say so yeah. yeah and then it's not like heavy i'm you know i'll have a couple of glasses of whiskey a gin and tonic like i've got six seven six or so bottles of whiskey at the single like with mm -hmm. uh whiskey at the moment and then i've got a couple of bottles of gin i've got some kalua i've got some rum i've got oh disarano do a cream liqueur now like bailey's but disarano it's fucking lovely <laughs> um we've got some I salt that's not my jam at all but it sounds <laughs> it sounds like you love it so um also been getting some uh watermelon liqueur and making so it's it's like 14 percent so it's barely alcoholic he says Is that, and that's uh, is that Midori? No, is no, it's no, 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 because Midori's um, the cantaloupe melon or honeydew melon. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. uh, this is a Dutch watermelon liqueur. Mm -hmm. It's really good. <laughs> that with some fresh blood orange juice is fucking yeah. lovely. See, I almost wish that I was someone who could drink for, for the comfort value. <laughs> the comfort you just fall asleep. I, I fall asleep also. I don't like alcohol enough. But like, I remember like after my dad died thinking like, God, it'd be really good if I could just get fucking obliterated. That would be really nice. And I had mm -hmm. like a shot of vodka and was like, this is horrible and it's not helping. So mm. like the alcohol for self-medication doesn't work for me. And I don't do drugs. So I'm just like, I'm going to have to eat. So yeah, like mm. Benny, I'm like, yeah, I'm the biggest I've been for years. Mm. And most of the time I'm like, well, fuck it. It's a pandemic. I'm, you know, who cares if this is the worst thing that yeah. happens is that I'm a bit bigger. Fuck it. And then some days I'm like, oh no, I've eaten the world. Yeah, I'm enormous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that way. I can, I can feel how, I can feel and see how heavy I am at the moment. And yeah. it's really, cause I've been like 10 years ago, I was three and a half stone lighter. So like, what's that? Like 20 kilos, something lighter than I am yeah, now. I, have no idea. I was probably too thin then, but now mm. I'm definitely by any measurement, I am at least slightly overweight. Yeah. So it's like, so I have to, uh, in a couple I, of weeks I, time, I have to go yeah. for a medical assessment as part of a life insurance application. Which, um, uh, they 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 looked at my application and just went no. Based on Nero's medical history, oh. they they advised him not to try and get life insurance. Yeah, they were like, oh, we man. can't insure you. So, yeah, you are to, just um, a corpse. So because we oh, wow. we, we don't have um, a set of scales in the house, so I just had to kind of estimate my weight. And I was like, I don't know, I'll just mm -hmm. put down a figure. I don't really know what this figure means. Um, yeah. And then I got a letter back saying, like, based on your height and weight measurements, we need to see you and assess you before we can continue your application. <laughs> so. Uh, uh. Yeah, no. But I will, I will attest to what you were saying as well, Benny, in the the exercise walking thing. Because like when I was when before lockdown, I'd walk everywhere. Like I used to, mm -hmm. you know, like I 
I'd make sure, like, I, I could have got, like, tram, multiple trams to get home, but I'd always walk the distance of one of them, so I got a good walk in yeah. and that. And, I, you know, even when I was in the office, I'd be constantly going up and downstairs to different places and stuff, and I was, so yeah. I was really active all the time. Um, and I really noticed the impact of, I wake up in the morning, I sit in a chair for 20 hours, and I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, before lockdown, I was um, frequently doing... Uh, going to the gym at least two, three times a week just to do an hour and a half of spin cycling. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. if you've ever done spin, it's the ultimate exercise if you hate yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's, and yeah, it's hard work. I, I absolutely fucking loved it. And gyms have been closed here pretty much for the entirety of our lockdown. Uh, like, they had a period where they were open for a little bit between our lockdown periods. And I managed yeah. to get back in the gym. I was like, brilliant. Yes. Um, and now I'm back to the only exercise I really get at the moment was um, mid. The other half will go for a walk every so often. Mm-hmm. I mean, she goes gets her steps in at the, at the hospital. Like she'll be again, like Benny does. She's doing. I mean, she's getting probably about thirteen thousand to fifteen thousand because she's on one ward. Yeah. Mm. But obviously, I'm. I get on average if I don't go and do a walk after work, I get about two thousand steps a mm. day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. even want to know. Like mine. So. So today I've had 50, I've uh, like, so I've got Apple Watch, it's 54% of my move goal, which is to burn four. Oh, see, I used to have my move calorie goal, uh, active calorie goal set at um, 700 active calories a day. And I smashed it every day. Now I've got it set to 450 and I barely hit it ever. Mm. It's just like, yeah. I'm so stationary. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you say, um, the other side of it is finding, you do rely on things that you can access to have things to look forward to. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. you know, we can still have one house guest. Um, so like, I, like I've used that a couple of times to have a friend over and just get shit faced. The best exercise that I've actually had recently is fucking Beat Saber. <laughs> in vr oh, nice. <laughs> like so um i think it was new year's eve we had my friend danny come over and basically me naomi and danny spent the entire evening playing beat saber um and yeah fuck that's some good damn exercise right yeah. there yeah, good <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I played that once on um chris's vr yeah and my god that is one hell of a workout yes especially when you yeah. get on to some of the extreme levels mm. um well, I we do recall doing... kimmy to step back from the screen because she <laughs> kept walking towards the tv but... we were doing the 360 version so where it's like coming all around you and stuff and i had to you have to mm. i had to have danny because like my display cabinets were all my anime figurines are there and i had to have like danny yeah. in front of them guarding it just to get... <laughs> it was it, it was good fun it's good fun though it's good uh, fun but like the harder it gets the more panicked i am and then yeah. i just completely lose all rhythm and yeah. i'm just flailing madly and like yeah it's, me, it's very stressful me and danny have got the slight advantage of being ravers so we could dance to rave music so we kind of have that natural rhythm element <laughs> to it so mm. it, it's still though if you fuck the thing is if you fuck up you you do go into a tailspin of fuck ups so um but right, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. dancing at a rave <laughs> <laughs> i've uh, yeah i've only played it once for about an hour but i thought it was incredible it's i really also fun. thought oh, there's no way in hell i'm ever going to be good at this which is weird because um, obviously, I, I have been you're a musician, musician. Uh, sort of. Uh, I don't I don't do it that much you're, these days. But um, you are a damn fine musician. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't. I I wouldn't have what I call naturally amazing rhythm. You know, mm. it's something you have to. Something I've had to work at. I don't yeah. have supreme oh. natural talent as a musician. I mean, but actually, it's, it's quite weird how because I remember when um, rock band was a thing or Guitar Hero, or both, you know, and everybody was playing that kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, how hard it was to go from playing mm. actual 
bass guitar or guitar to playing one of those little plastic guitars. I, well, I can imagine yeah. it's not the same um, thing. It? No, it's not the same thing. I mean, the rhythm is there, obviously, but it, the feel is very, very different. Mm. And so, if you've got if you've got a decent sense of rhythm, you'll work it out. But it's like, yeah, it's really it's really strange. And Beat Saber, because I'm quite, you know, I'm play, playing guitar is you basically just have to move your hands really, yeah. and then maybe, maybe you dance about a bit if you're on stage, but. Beat Saber, you actually have to kind of wave your arms about in rhythm. And I'm actually really uncoordinated in that kind of, I'm quite yeah, a yeah. person. So I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like smacking my hands together <laughs> or I'm hitting myself in the face <laughs> or my VR helmet's nearly falling off because I'm falling forwards or, you know, it's just really, I found it really difficult. The trick I find with Beat Saber is to um, actually move your body as little as you need to and focus mm. on wrist movement and just arm movement. Because if you yeah. get that down, and the other the other trick as well, like, so if you go for a down strike, leave your hand in the down position because chances are it's going to be followed by an up strike. So yeah. there's a lot of patterns of opposites. So a lot of people will strike and then bring their hand back to a resting position. If you leave it out where it was at the end of the strike, you're normally in a better position to mm. come back for the next the next motion. Um, yeah, that's that's the rhythm that I that's the, the technique. I've, yeah, and that's I've just not played it enough. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. You, as you guys can see on the the video, like I obviously have now a lot more space for playing VR. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the little room you had previously with your VR didn't set, work, like, no, uh, no, I, I, bank I really wall, don't. Bank wall. <laughs> yeah, I really don't have the space. Like the the room I'm in now, which has my computer that would be powerful enough to run VR. I've got a I've got a spare bed about two feet behind me from where I'm sitting, and um. I've got a PC downstairs, but there's no way it could run VR. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a home theater PC yeah. box. One of those little, Media one of those little AM, a, AMD do it all chips in it, which mm-hmm. is fine for like, like I can run Hollow Knight on it, which was quite good. I played Hollow Knight in 4K on it. It's great. So like two, right, 2D it? games are, oh man, it, it's ruined a lot of games for me though, Hollow Knight. Like okay. I went to play the, I went to play the new Ori sequel and I just couldn't because I was like, it's not as good as Hollow Knight. Okay, so if you love Hollow Knight, you are ready to... That is a primer for Dark Souls, mate. Go and play Dark Souls. I've tried Dark Souls before. Admittedly, it was about 10 years ago, but I don't... Like, I'm I'm not very good at those... Neither am I, but I completely don't. Those games where everybody's like, get good. And I'm like, no. Ignore that. The, so the trick, so I'm not good at them, but I have completed every single one. I've even completed Sekiro. Um, the only right. one I've not completed is Bloodborne, but that's because the frame, uh, the frame issues on the PS4 give me a headache. Um, yeah. So, but the trick with that is, is you have to quell your gamer rage and frustration, and oh. it, it's hard. It's really hard. Oh. But the thing is, the more you play it, the you just naturally get better at it. Because when I first started playing, I it took me four or five attempts to actually get into Dark Souls. But it's yeah. so worth putting the time and effort into it because the actual, the world, the lore, the everything about the the game is such a beautifully crafted mm. masterpiece that it, it it's it's. It's almost a shame that it is so difficult because it does put people off playing it and it is such a fucking yeah. rich experience. But I would say that if you got through Hollow Knight, you could get through Dark Souls because I found Hollow Knight far more challenging at points than Dark Souls was because the platforming element of it. It really tested my persistence, I've got to be honest. I, I still found the boss fights more difficult oh. than, the, than the platforming. The boss yeah, fights some of them are. Were, there were some that I had to try it so many times. It was just 
ridiculous. Yeah, same and, for um, me with um, and, but the thing is, you have you have there are some mitigating factors in Dark Souls for boss. A lot of the boss fights, you can summon in a phantom that will help you, mm. and it does help significantly mm. with the difficulty because it's someone else that the boss is focusing on. So it, it helped me get like Pontiff Sullivan in Dark Souls Three is a ludicrously difficult boss fight. Mm-hmm. I've only managed to beat it solo once. Um, right. And every other time I've had to summon in someone because the first time I, I, I went up against it, I ran, ran into it, I think no less than 50 times and died and died and died and died and died. Yeah. And the worst part is it's got a hell of a run to get back to the boss. So you have to fight your way through a shit ton of crap to get to the boss as well. Um, mm. But yeah, they do have some mechanics in there to make things easier. There are The thing about Dark Souls is some of its mechanics are not immediately obvious. And you have to do a little bit of research onto how things work. But once you understand some of the underlying mechanics, you can understand how you can adapt your play style to make things easier. And that's one of the beauties of Dark Souls. It's got this wealth of depth to it. But I could I could literally jizz over Dark Souls for days. So um, I can tell. I can yeah. tell. I mean, <laughs> the, board, the board game's really, really good as well. Um, it's as brutal. That would probably be more my style, right? Like, I, <laughs> I, I, as I get older, certainly... I'm less and less about, I've got less and less, um, I suppose, I don't know what you call it, like appetite or spare energy even to put into like really uh, adrenaline-fueled games like that. And Hollow Knight, I think... That's kind of similar to what you, Nero, were saying the other day when you were saying like, every time you have a chance to sit down and play a computer game, you're thinking you'd rather play a board game at the moment? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly exactly how I feel. actually um and so i end up playing games that are a lot a bit more like board games or are you know turn-based or at least are a bit more of a relaxed pace and a bit more like walking simulators i've been playing okay like i played um what's it called super liminal okay yeah it's like the the visual it's almost like an uh escher painting style visual puzzles it's all about perspective and you you change the size of objects to solve puzzles by changing how you're looking at them and then you kind of you pick something up and then you look at a di- look a different way as if and then it suddenly becomes further away and much bigger and then it drops to the floor and it's like blunk and then you've got a like a a um a, a cube or a platform that's big enough to jump on and jump out of a window you know so it's like it's really really um just i find that stuff a lot more relaxing yeah and, no i can appreciate that uh, the high adrenaline stuff is I have to really, if I start playing a game, it has to really grab me for me to persist with the whole high difficulty thing. And Hollow Knight was one of those games where it was just like, it was it was the perfect game for me at the right time. And yeah. I just really enjoyed learning the lore. And I wanted to get past the bosses and the platforming to get to the next bit of lore. I was desperate to find out more. That's and, exactly um, the Dark Souls that, thing. Mm-hmm. Once you get into yeah. the lore, it's the lore that drives you to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But actually, um, so so to tie this back to mental health yes. um, tenuously, uh, gamer rage is a thing that I've actually really had a problem with in the past. Like Same. if I'm playing a really difficult game, like I don't play online FPSs anymore and haven't for a long time because, man, nothing makes me angry like that when I get when I get beaten and I don't understand. Either I can tell I wasn't good enough or I don't even understand why. That's almost worse. And like yep. the frustration of it is just incredibly... Uh, powerful mm-hmm. and actually like a lot of again going back to like a common cliche about um growing up as 
uh, a man of this generation. A lot of emotions are expressed as anger for me. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's how it, that's how it comes yeah. out. I have to so say, actually, like, sorry, Ben, when Nero was first playing yeah. Sekiro, it just, to me, as an observer, it seemed like you were having the worst time yeah. of your fucking life. <laughs> so, I was like, he's yeah. not enjoying this. Why is he still doing it? So yes. the thing about Sekiro uh, versus Dark Souls, so Dark Souls has got the combat system where you can you can adapt your play style, right? So you, you can mm. choose to be a heavy, tanky kind of build and just sit there and block stuff. You can be a magic user at range. You can be a sword and shield. There was a lot of variant in the play style, so you can find a play mm. style that works for you, and it's one of the things that makes Dark Souls a bit more accessible. Sekiro, mm. there isn't that. Everything is about parrying. If you don't have the reaction timing to parry, you can't complete this fucking game. It, that's it. If your reaction times are bad and you can't get better at them, you're never going to get through it. And that's that's why, although the, the story of Sekiro is really good and really rich, mm. I don't think, like a lot of people think it's a lot better. And the combat is very good and it's very, very well designed. But it is, there is a hard barrier to entry in the if you don't have the reaction timings, and that could be for a number of reasons, like myself, I have our, I have like bad nerve damage in RSI. So that kind of shit over time really hurts. Mm. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, that's the one negative about Sekiro is that you are very limited in the scope of play style. But I think to tie that yeah. back to your point, Benny, that kind of gamer rage and that, you know, it just comes out as anger. I mm. think for, for some men of a certain generation, maybe that is one of the few opportunities where you get to just be like, this is what I'm feeling right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Ab absolutely, yeah. I, I think, well... I think, I think we've all rage quit out of certain games before. <laughs> yeah. I think the I think the stigma around expressing emotions other than happiness or anger for men is is has dissipated a lot, certainly mm. within mm. my lifetime. Yeah. But not, not quick enough that I didn't internalize, you know, Oh, yeah. keeping yeah. within those restrictions when I was young. So um, for me, like mental health is is quite often a journey of learning to actually have those emotions, not push them away and feel them and then react in an appropriate way. In yeah. a, no, no. Way. Yeah. And I mean, not just bottle them all up in my head. Like I was brought, I was brought up by my mum and she, like every, you know, my mum's like very much like Chris Titus' dad approach to everything was, stop being a wussy. Stop being mm, a wussy. Yeah. Don't be a wussy. Don't be a wussy. Right. Don't be a wussy. So I'm just like, no, no, like, you know, fucking, I could get shot and I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. I'll just walk it off and yeah. run it under a cold tap. You know, yeah. it's sort of like, must not show damage. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of those weird kind of double-edged swords in society where it's like, it's not okay for men to have feelings that make them look mm. weak or vulnerable. Women can have those feelings, but it means we won't take them seriously because they're <laughs> silly feelings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She's well, having a conniption fit. <laughs> yeah. She's it, hysterical. It's, it's nice to know. She needs to have her womb taken away. Yeah. And slapped a lot. It's nice to know we're probably the last generation to have been told to man up when you were sad. <laughs> I hope mm. so, yeah. Probably not, yeah. though. Because really, there's probably I'd, I'd some like hope. Home. I mean, yeah. well, actually, we can talk about this when we come back after the uh, after the break, which we're going to be having momentarily, because um, this feeds in a little bit to the, the, the that kind of the QAnon Trumpism of... Like that's a that's a that's a very man up mentality as well, right? Hmm. Although it's a double edged oh fuck, I'll talk about more, but it's a double edged sword of like, oh, you know, when when the Dems lose, it's like, oh, get over it, get over it, man up your your feelings, and then when they lose, it's like, oh, our feelings, our feelings. <laughs> you can't be mean to us. Oh, it, it's all kinds of projection, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Just? <laughs> 
But yeah. speaking speaking of break, we've been going for an hour, so we're going to take a quick break now. Um, since I've already plugged easy, easy Peasy CBD, I'll save you guys the uh, the uh, shilling. the shilling during the ad break. And in honor of uh, Benny, you'll hear some buzz with the king during the break. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, to talk some politicky QAnon-y bullshit, which will probably still tie into mental health because, let's face it, those people aren't quite right. You can't really the separate these things. <laughs> no. um, so, yeah, we'll be back after a quick break. Uh, enjoy the music and we will speak to you soon.
back in the show and time to talk uh eight kind of couples with mental health because these people are deranged america <laughs> not all of them no yeah not all, not all of them, all of them. <laughs> particularly so obviously um recently we we talked about this a little bit with natalie and james on our wrestle kingdom uh review but we had the uh so there's been the election we have democratic president you're saying we they they well, I mean, let's say we, because this shit impacts the world um, as much as I wish it didn't. But uh, so I take it everyone watched the storming of the Capitol and has been following up on the, the the fallout and the subsequent news and so on. Uh, what were your immediate thoughts about the storming of the Capitol and the attempted coup and insurrection? Um, I watched it all live on CNN's news stream. I had, well, I had yeah. three news streams running on my PC because... The other half was on a night shift, and I was like, well, I can't really get to sleep at the moment. What's on? And then someone posted going, has anyone seen what's going on in the States? I was like, let's end up watching the streams. And I was just like, I thought we were watching an actual, was going to be a full-blown coup. Yeah. Because they're all fucking armed nutters. I mean, I actually checked up on, one of the things I read up on was the um, carry laws for Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which is you can um, open carry a pistol. That is it. You cannot open carry assault weapons. You cannot conceal carry anything. The only thing you can have is an open carry pistol, I believe. Or it might be a con- if you have a concealed carry license for a pistol, you can carry that, and that's it. Yeah. And so it's like, but they're going to be armed up to teeth. You're looking at these guys in their fucking boogaloo, fucking gravy seals is my favourite term I've heard <laughs> in regards to these guys. I know there are some good ones. I like the Al Qaeda. Um, (laughs) (laughs) my favorite terms so far have been the ones that chris titus has come out with for uh trump himself which have been um uh sweet potato hitler Hitler, uh tangerine mussolini um what was the other one i can't remember (sighs) the one he uses most is sweet potato sweet potato hitler um and uh fucking game show host rodeo clown that wants to fuck his daughter uh, 
like I love like so Chris Titus comedian he has a podcast really good one I recommend checking out the Armageddon update but like the, no matter what his rant about Trump is he will always slide in the fact that he wants to fuck his daughter and it just pleases me so much mm. <laughs> what about you yeah. did, I mean did you watch it did you watch it live Benny or did like how did you oh, no I was I was very much at a point where so January always sucks for me I always feel like I have a big dip in my mental health in January and yeah. this, this year was no exception really um but that was like a real catalyst for me for just like oh just fuck everything I mean, <laughs> like, you know what I, I i think that same day i deactivated my facebook i i deactivated notifications on whatsapp i was like i don't want to speak to anybody i don't want to yeah. hear anything about this i'm just done this is so depressing i don't know what the fuck yeah, I think uh, yeah. It, I went, I went a bit kind of. Oh, what's the world coming to? There's no hope, kind of. Kind of stuff. Yeah, which seems ridiculous in the light of day when I'm not feel it. But when you, when I was in that moment, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, when, when you're no there in that mood, every, it all feels very real, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so, so no, I didn't watch it light. Obviously, I saw some of it, and I was looking at it through a lens of, you know, I, I wasn't feeling particularly objective about the whole thing. But for me, it's like this whole. Trump kind of nightmare for the world is is like the logical conclusion. I've, I'm definitely a subscriber to the idea that, um, you know, th things like the, fra the phrases like post-truth society and people um, sort of abandoning reality for their own kind of, their own alternative reality that is what they want it to be and they never have to be challenged by the cold light of day and actual facts they can live in this bubble of of delusion a lot more easily these days but and I don't then think that's, when that i don't think that's new yeah. i think we just have more ways to spread it now i mean i think if you want to talk about america in particular because we are this kind of mm. moral panic is not new to them in the 70s and 80s you had the satanic panic where people genuinely believed daycare centers and primary schools were riddled with satanic cults who were killing babies mm. and molesting and children D &D. and dnd um, I think the difference yeah. now is you have, like I say, better ways to spread that disinformation and create bigger pockets of unreality. Yeah, I get, yeah, no, I totally agree. There's, there's, there's whole, you know, millions of millions strong communities of mm. unreality out there. Yeah, um, very yeah, much. I, 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 to I totally agree, and I also agree that um, lots of people throughout history have not been tethered to realities, no, which is, no. which is. Which is fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think as well, like there've been, I, I'm sure there have been studies into it. It's more anecdotal. It's more journalistic stuff. That for certain people, once you remove like Fox News, for example, from their life, and you're showing them different mm. news sources, their worldview mm. will change again. And they'll just because they're getting different information. So I don't know if it's just mm. that we as people are more malleable and susceptible, and we're just thinking, this is on my TV, this is in my phone, it must be true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, you, you said Ben. I, one thing that I have actually done as well. I mean, I've never been uh, a huge social media consumer outside of uh, Instagram cosplay, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, and vape on Instagram. Uh, but I have turned off all notifications on all my social media now. I only consume it when I want to consume it. Yeah, that's why when people message yeah. me, I don't respond to them for fucking ages because I'm like, I didn't see the message, mate. Um, the only yeah. piece of social media that I actively engage with on a semi-regular basis is our shows, uh, Facebook, and I, uh, our show is now on Tumblr for those that consume things through Tumblr <laughs> um, because 
the, the yeah. since the porn went. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm uh, been refi- refined down to a more niche audience, you might say, Bungle. Yeah, <laughs> there's no porn on it anymore. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the social media thing, obviously that's what gave rise to uh, QAnon. Which I mean, as an objective outsider looking in at QAnon and the 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 whole conspiracy theory behind. That what people who believe QAnon theories believe is fucking mind-boggling to me that you could actually con- it's like I mean it is very in a lot of ways very very similar to the the satanic panic like you were saying Naomi yeah, that it's a lot it's, of the same tropes definitely um, and it's just that like I just don't understand uh, obviously I think there's a certain amount of um, you know education plays a lot of, of factor into this but I like linking this back to the first half of the uh, show. I do believe that there is a, there is a mental health aspect to to these things as well because I think you know if you are someone who is um, suffering from uh, a mental health issue uh, that's potentially causing you to have. Uh, a lot of trouble interacting with the outside world at large, it can make you a lot more susceptible to Mm. this kind of, well, it's not that niche because, you know, fucking 50-odd million Americans is not niche. But, you know, it it can make you more susceptible to this kind of like, oh, we're all in it together mentality. I think that's the big thing about it. It's it's similar to the way a lot of cults operate in that, like, if you're someone who is for whatever reason, you feel out of place in the world, things are changing in a way you don't like or understand, and somebody says to you, look, it's not your fault, it's not you, I can tell you something that is going to make you feel better about this. And I think once you start to buy in, you kind of have to go all in. You know, like, Mm. if you believe that the government is doing little things to make your life worse, it then gets easier to believe that they're doing bigger and bigger things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you suck people in. Yeah. It's that sense of like, you're going to be in on this secret, you know, and, and everyone is against us and we're the good guys here. We're the heroes here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But, it's, but it's also, it's also kind of, even though it's a collective thing, it's also very individualist. So it's kind of like in a very individualistic society as we have these days in America, even more so, it's kind of like everybody wants to believe that they're special. And if they think they know something that the majority mm. of people don't know, they can they can validate that and go, I'm special because I know that all yeah. the Democrats are secretly paedophiles and lizard people and <laughs> in league with yeah, the Illuminati absolutely. or whatever else. Um, um, and the more other people yeah. push against that and kind of ridicule them or whatever, the more that yeah. enforces the sense of like, well, I'm, I must be onto something here. Otherwise, why would yeah. they push back so hard against it? Absolutely. Completely. Yeah. And yeah. um the, my biggest gripe with it is, though, as well, these people should not be allowed to hold office. When you've got people like um, Boba and what's Marjorie the other? Taylor Marjorie Taylor Green, like those people. Mm. So I was talking about this the other day with Naomi. It's like I do believe that anyone should be able to hold office, right? It shouldn't be uh, there. Shouldn't be a, you know a really good example is it the mayor of Coventry uh in the uk the uh, sheffield sheffield sorry yeah he's fucking fantastic like he is just a down-to-earth regular guy who has become meh but the thing is he is obviously really switched on and intelligent so like 
if you want, I, I do believe that if you want to, like, that holding mayor is not, like, the same as being a governor or a senator in the, it's, it's a different power level, right? And I think that, you know, you've got these people like uh, Mary, Tyler Green, Marjorie Taylor, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Green. Green, I refuse to remember her name, um, but getting elected into office because anyone can fucking run and get elected. I do believe that, you know, what should if you want to go straight into high office you should have a, a background in law now i know that does not preclude you from being a fucking nut job case in point rudy giuliani um but i do believe that you know you should have some kind of uh formal training or education and understand the law and governance or you should have worked your way up from a lower government local government position so you know you start out in local government and you gradually over time you you know that that's so that is a supplement for your education you know your experience it's like me in it i have no formal education but i worked my way up from the ground up um when you have that opportunity for anyone of any walk of life to just run and try and get elected it I I understand the equal opportunity side of it, but I also think it opens up the doors to a lot of potential fuck-ups. I mean, there is no way in hell, like, in any reasonable society, you should have allowed someone like Donald Trump to even run for the fucking presidency in the first place. He's so obviously uh, inept, corrupt, narcissistic, malignant, vile, abhorrent shit face of an excuse of a human being that he should not have been allowed anywhere near other human beings let alone <laughs> governing them sorry yeah. <laughs> no no I totally, totally agree um yeah i i think there's i think there's definitely um you have a valid point there i guess the thing i guess the the only counter to that that i would have is if if those are the only people who are allowed to hold office what you potentially end up with is a lot of what what could be termed as career politicians. Mm. Well, you end and, you end up with British politics. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and and I think there's a lot to be said for people having some grounding in real world experience and having done jobs outside of politics and not having spent their whole lives being groomed for politics and then going straight into it oh no and i i can i, I yeah. can i can appreciate that i just think I, I i suppose what i'm trying to say is there should be more of a vetting process like you shouldn't just be able to run and get elected there should be some other step of vetting involved before that point happens like if you mm. if you are going to run for a significantly high office you should have a full background check done because, you know, like, because I do agree with you, like, because a good, a good example of that is the guy who ran for governor of Texas. What was his name? Young guy. Um, come on. Beto. Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. He's a really good, exa he's a really good example oh, of yeah. a grassroots politician. And so is um, AOC. Um, you know, so like, I, I wouldn't want to, to put, I, I, God forbid we should have a barrier entry to getting people like that genuine progressives into politics. But I do think there should be some kind of vetting process is, I guess, is, 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 I guess really what I'm trying to I say. I think it's like what we were saying is, I don't know, it's not a perfect system in the UK, but generally speaking, when you have your, your local elections and it comes out that, look, this candidate has a history of making anti-Semitic tweets or whatever. Usually that person is then kind of embarrassed into dropping out, right? 
that yeah. doesn't necessarily in in the US at the moment that seems to be like a boost yeah. rather than a problem. <laughs> it's like, oh, she thinks it's a Jewish space lasers? Yes. Get stop the Jewish space lasers. <laughs> Jewish space lasers. Mm-hmm. There is someone in high office who believes in Jewish space lasers. Mm-hmm. This is where my problem is. But this is it. <laughs> they, like they, yeah. you have to keep upping the ante because I think to misuse a phrase, a phrase, uh, controversy creates publicity, and yeah. the, the crazier things you are saying, the more like, like I was saying to you yesterday. I know in America they kind of have to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene a lot right now because she's saying and doing a lot of things that are important to discuss. But I wish they didn't because giving this publicity and this constant oxygen, it's mm. the same way that Trump rose. You know, with people just yeah. being like, "Look at that crazy thing she's saying now. Let's put her on the news again." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. cycling back to the the QAnon thing, it's been very interesting. Um, so to watch some uh, interviews with people that were stormed the Capitol, like like is it the QAnon shaman guy is now saying I'd testify against Trump? And it's just like mm. I think that's more like I don't want to go to jail for a very long time, well, so I'll turn states. My favorite yeah. bit about him was um, his mother saying that he can't stay in the prison because he needs to have an organic diet. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, it's like <laughs> you fucking like to to turn their own phrase against them. You fucking libtard. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, you know, post revolution, so there's not going to exactly. be organic chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's it's projection. It's isn't projection. It? All these people, yeah. all these all these all these people are actually deeply sensitive to mm. having their own beliefs questioned and challenged. Yeah, and they and they and they build a wall of them, them around themselves. Which of, again is you know, you know a whole other, other of people a cult. are just being sensitive when I say my when I say my insensitive things. Mm. Um, but I can't, you know. Yeah, but yeah, again, can, it's it's the hallmark of the cult. And like, well, if you are attacking me, yeah. that kind of proves that I am I am the righteous one. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna yeah. start a cult, start a good cult. Like, you know, worship Cthulhu, worship Cthulhu. Cthulhu that, you know. I mean, he doesn't really have good aims. No, I know, but at least it's more kind of safe because he's not likely to actually. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> but you know, mm. but like a like a you know a really good example of like and the the susceptibility of people. It it it. it crosses a broad spectrum because um there was someone that i i would have considered a, a good friend for a long time an old raving friend of mine who is um now a full full gone flat earther mm-hmm. and it's like I, I knew him back in the day he was a very rational normal person and now he is ooh, out there still wish you would let me ask him once about flat earth <sighs> i couldn't deal with it I couldn't deal <laughs> just with once it. <laughs> he's so like and he is so like ab- like all our friends like our collective friends he's, he's just systematically block them block them block them as soon as mm. they and it's not even that they're attacking him they just ask a question about flat earth and then just like oh you rounders <laughs> like <laughs> fuck's sake and it, i i think there's the there's and i think this is one of the 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 it's that double-edged sword of social media in that it social media has done a lot of good things uh things like you know help facilitate stuff like the arab spring uh but at the same token same time it's um it's given voice to a voiceless minority that has become a a larger majority that should have remained a voiceless minority (laughs) it's allowed uh, and some of this actually comes down to the platform owner's responsibility 
there, sh- you know, the, I do believe that social media platforms should take a greater responsibility in vetting, um, you know, certain types of disinformation to being, uh, like if it's, you know, if it's outwardly harmful, like when they, you know, like when Twitter started, like, like accenting all Trump's things about election fraud and things like that. That kind mm-hmm. of thing needs to be done more often. I think there needs to be more ownership taken uh, by mm-hmm. platforms to to do that and to qualify like, hey, yes, this guy said this thing, but it's not verified. And even, you know, if you wanted to really go a lot further, hey, say, look, here are some counterpoints, maybe read these, actually give people the opportunity to 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 you know give them the information give them the opportunity I think to read it's, um, more. i mean in the case of twitter which you kind of have to talk about if you're talking about trump it twitter is not designed for in-depth conversation it's just not it's designed for sound bites and that's why it's been successful it's not but, designed but, for debate but, and Naomi, but they doubled the character limit naomi so it's uh, all fine now i'm, I'm going to tell you 280 <laughs> characters is fuck all that's not even a sentence um and no, I, I know. I've, um, All right, little miss run on. <laughs> I've sat in on a, on a webinar for work on a slightly unrelated topic, but it was about how um, reports of harmful content are, are handled on sites like Pornhub and Twitter. And so there is, there's an element of the social contract that like it's also on users. And I'm not saying this should be anyone's job, but if you see something that you're like, okay, that is anti-Semitic, that is racist, that is telling someone to harm mm. themselves it's on you to report it as well. Like, yeah. like Twitter need to do their side of things and decide are we going to mute this person because they called someone a twat or should we focus on this group of racists here? Like, what's more important? And mm. sometimes they don't make the right choice. Mm. But if you're going to, you know, some of these places are what you make them. Yeah, I think it, well, co- it almost comes down to, like, um, to to reference Titus again, actually, because he made a very good point in his recent show in, in the... You, first, met, like, let, let's use America, you know, as the example because it's an example to use right now uh first amendment gives you the legal right to say whatever you like but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't give you the moral right and i do believe that there, there should be uh like like you say yes there is a, a moral in, in Incentive, imperative is the word imperative on the rest of society to call out these fuckers like because if, if if everyone started really concentrating and calling out this bullshit you are going to start to turn the tide eventually because let's face it there's more good people than there are bad people in the world at least i like i hope to believe i think you like you you basically have to make it not okay to have these opinions in public you know i think that's part of it like there are people who are always going to have vile opinions but if you make it so they are ashamed or embarrassed to have them in public that's part of the battle that's kind of where we got to at one point, wasn't it? I think mm. I think the the nineties into the into the two thousands, we almost got to that point. Mm. And now we're experiencing a backlash. Yeah. But I think social progress comes in waves. Yes. Mm. So it's like we make a load of progress and then there's a big backlash. And then we make more progress and then there's a big backlash. And mm. we just have to make sure that we're making more progress than we're stepping back yeah. you know, each each time. Using and, you know it, Sorry. It has been extremely shocking to see some of the things that have happened with the rise of Trump and, in my opinion, the most inept, most racist prime minister we've had in the last 50 years. Which plus, one? If not the most inept <laughs> ever. 
Well, I mean, um, that, no, that, could, that could run the last three, let's be fair. No, no, Boris, <laughs> Boris Johnson by a fucking mile. Like, in, terms yeah, of yeah, in, in, terms of, yeah. in terms of confidence, he wants the title, but he also wants to spend most of his time on holiday, just like Trump did. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. doesn't actually want to put in the work. No, he's John, Johnson fucker. wants to have been prime minister. Yeah. He doesn't want think, to be think, prime I minister. I think the difference, the difference between him and the previous ones, as much as I dislike Theresa May, as much as I really dislike David Cameron for gambling his personal political career with the country's future yep um with the with the with the eu vote um i think at least they were hard working they were competent at what they did i wouldn't call yeah, theresa may however, competent however damaging it was to i wouldn't society. i would not but, give her the credit okay. of competence but still would you not call her i would call would her better call than her, boris i would call her better than yeah. boris you're like powers of 10 competence better than <laughs> boris johnson who's but just then a, like honest to god my left nut sack is powers to ten competence yeah. better than Boris Johnson? Well, this is my like, point. This yeah, is my point. He's he's easily the most inept we've ever that, we've ever. You know had. that story about the the guy in like America in like the nineteen or eighteen twenties that was laying railroad spikes and it went through his head. That guy mm. is more competent than Boris Johnson, right? <laughs> like you could you could go to any. Like, if you went back and found someone who was lobotomized, if you go and find a lobotomized person and put them in charge, they would yeah. do a better job. Like, it's he's not... Just, it's not a high bar to clear. No, he's just, he's, just, he's just careless. He's careless mm -hmm. with what he says. He's careless with what uh, he thinks. He's careless with what he does. How he's got to this position with some of the racist rhetoric he's used. I mean... Mm -hmm. But he was I, on I I've really Got News for You, and he was really funny and cuddly. Because he was that, a bumbling fucking idiot. You know who was great on however I got news for you? That, that's the persona. Brian Blessed. Persona that got him here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he puts forward that bumbling. The illusion of the, bum, the affable bumbling mm. buffoon. Yeah, completely. When in fact, he's actually quite a hateful man. Yeah, yes, yeah so. very much so. Um, a prejudiced man and and an incompetent. It's like you, but, were, like you were saying about the 90s. Um, and like me and Naomi have talked about this a lot. And actually... The 90s was very much, in terms of progression in, in the society and politics, 90s was a very much a golden era. And yes, like at the end, Blair fucked it up. But Blair genuinely was one of the best prime ministers that we've had in my living lifetime. Like, you know, up until Iraq, he was a good prime minister. I don't agree with a lot of the, the new Labour style stuff. I'm very much an old school Labour guy. Yeah, you, I, mean, I mean, yeah, but let's look at the the prime ministers that we've had in our lifetime. Who who would you who would you rate higher than Blair? Not Maggie. Fuck no, she ruined the country once. Um, John Major, mm, not so much. Um, who was after Major? Was it Blair? Yeah, yeah. So then we've got yeah. Blair. Yeah. Then we've got uh, the uh, the coalition, wasn't the, it? Yeah, no, the no, well, Gordon Brown, Gordon Brown, and then you, which, uh, and then you've got the coalition, and then you've got Cameron, and then you've got where basically where we are now. So you know, in our living lifetime, can you say that we've had a better prime minister? Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, you're probably right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there's lots of reasons I don't like Tony Blair. I think, yeah, yeah, I think no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to whitewash no. Tony Blair or give him, like, you know... I, I, I also, you know, yeah, and I also think he was the start of, like, 
or or maybe the rebirth of like cult of personality politics in this UK. Like he was the very presentable, affable guy. Because mm. without Blair, there's no David Cameron as prime minister, I don't think. Yeah, I think I can see. I Cameron can... followed Blair's mark. And ultimately, New Labour was a centre-right government. Mm. You know, we haven't yeah. actually had, we haven't actually had even a social democratic government since the 70s. No. And the last time, the last time one got in, you know, it, it all kind of went wrong because of, Lots of reasons we're not even going to start getting into here because, my God, that would take forever. But um, we've not had a left-wing government in so, so long. No. Uh, ultimately, because England's not left-wing. No, I was about to say, it's, it's fundamentally a, a it's, right-leaning country. Yeah. It's, and we it's, drag everyone else right with us. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It's, it, it, like, I'd always kind of... I, like, I have a different view of England now I don't live there. When I was mm. living there, I always liked to believe that, yes, we were more right-leaning, but we were kind of centrist, right? But obviously over the last few years and now seeing it from a, an outsider's perspective, it does... It is just objectively a, a, a definitely a more right leaning country. You 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 can tend to lose sight of that, especially where we were living in Cambridge, because Cambridge is a very liberal, uh, left leaning oh, yeah. city, and that's one of the reasons I love it. Uh, and I you know I still love Cambridge, um, and I think because Cambridge, you as we all know, has that Cambridge bubble kind of like you're in Cambridge, yeah. everything's great. And but actually, if you look at the, the 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 UK at large, it's not Cambridge. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah, mean, well, it, it's really interesting here because here we're we currently have a, a centre right party. Uh, we don't have a government at all. Well, yeah, no, our, yeah, our entire government resigned. <laughs> They're just yeah, caretaking now. They're caretaking yeah. until the elections in March, at which when point they will re-elected. probably be voted back in again. Yeah. So the whole scandal was um, is a few years ago now, but it's all just finally come through and all the final fine findings have been released. But um, the Minister for Benefits at the time, who was part of this government and was under Prime Minister Ruta's uh, charge, um, was h- hounding um, uh, families to pay back tens of thousands of euros in benefits that they didn't owe. And he, they were specifically targeting immigrant families as well. Um, and it, yeah, it, 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 it's fucking abhorrent. Like, hundreds of families had to declare bankruptcy um, and were completely ruined. And the government still has not paid any money out to them in compensation. But when mm. the final findings came out, the entire government and Rutter, the prime minister, just said, yep, we resign. We have to resign. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, oh, politicians yeah. taking responsibility. That's nice. This doesn't affect my opinion of them at all. I'm yeah. still going to vote for them. Um, and then yeah. the next strongest party in the... Uh, like we have some really great left parties here. Um, mm. What were the two that we were talking talking oh, about? Geez, I can't remember. The I names can't remember because they're all acronyms here, uh, the, the, and I can't remember any of the acronyms. But I want to say DD six. Uh, yeah, so there's DD six, which is very social left, and there's a Green Party, which is also a very social left, as Green parties tend to be. Um, mm-hmm. But the ne- one of the next biggest part parties in our country, in the Netherlands, is whole fucking far right like we're talking like trump levels of right like you know i mean don't do that arm movement when you're saying no i mean it warrants that fucking arm movement he's swinging he's swinging his left arm about uh, okay Okay. Okay, sorry they are they are so 
Stop it. Stop that. Stop it. They, 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 they're so right. They don't even they don't even turn left when they get to crossings anymore. You know they you know if they need to go somewhere that's left, they'll turn right until they can turn yeah, right. Three and, times. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I fact check myself. It's D six six. That's the one we're thinking of. Yes, D six six. Yeah, they're 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 the party that when we can vote here, we will vote for. Um, mm. Which you know maybe a wasted vote but we'll see um but the one thing the one thing that's kind of good here is that um I, for, for however long it's always been a coalition government um there's never been one majority ruling party um so that that tends to to even things out a little bit more um because i mean the coalition obviously it's led by Rutter's party now but it's there's there's more than one other party in there yeah 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 and um the, yeah, like even though the I'm going to mispronounce his name, Kurt Wilders, Wilders, Kurt he, Wilder, the, the right wing yeah. dickhead. Um, he, he, other parties just don't want to work with him. Yeah. So no matter how well he might do in an election, other parties are like, we just don't want to be shackled to this guy. Yeah. So there is, there is that, that benefit, but um, we, I mean, it's been, it's been interesting here because obviously since the lockdown happened um, and the curfew happened, we've had riots. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I did see a bit of it on the news. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> it, it, it kind of slips under the radar here with everything else that's been going mm. on in mm. here and in other countries. But well, I think you know. generally the Netherlands is not like we're not. A, it's not a major player on the world stage. Well, I think I think also as well the the outside view of the Netherlands is it's just a a nice, chill, pragmatic country. Stony country. Yeah, a little mm. bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like people just yeah. kind of go about their business it's not it's, it's actually in quite, a quiet way <laughs> the, we, we were talking before like the individualist streak is very very strong here mm. and it's always been a, a more right-leaning country um which is interesting as well because it's got such a high migrant population um but uh, yeah the riots have been really interesting like the, apparently we didn't we weren't affected luckily but there were riots in Ostorp where we live i should probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> anyway <laughs> Um, and it largely it's been contained to what I call the uh, the the deep south of the Netherlands, basically the Hick villages. Urk. <laughs> Sorry, Urk. Uh, Urk. yes, the village village called Urk. the Alabama of the Netherlands, as somebody put it. Oh to yeah, me. you were telling me about that the other day, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. I think as well, it's been. I mean, these you know these aren't riots on the same scale that you might see no. elsewhere, but I think maybe that's part of the reason it's kind of been big news over here because it's just like mm. we don't riot in the Netherlands, mm. but the, yeah. the the general feeling apart from, is apart from on King's Day when it's just called a party. But that's yeah, that's <laughs> legal writing. I mean, the, like the general feeling is it's kind of a mix of of kids who are just looking for an excuse to make trouble and sell mm. fireworks and genuine anti-lockdown people who, you know. I think you can tie it back to the QAnon. It's that section of society who are like bought into these conspiracy ideas that the government is working to oppress you and, and make your life worse, mm. um, which mm. in some countries obviously is incredibly true. So yeah, maybe that's, that's the, why that's it's attractive. <laughs> yeah, that's the tricky thing, isn't it, about people who get deep into that kind of conspiracy theory is is a low level of trust in in the people who you know run their run their country. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know the, the the big tech companies that dominate. You know uh, how we how we live our lives. Yeah, and I wonder um, if that's not, one of the reasons. Not, not trusting. Yeah, a, a de degradation of trust in authority. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I wonder is, if that's one I of the reasons that it's been hard for for the UK to keep these lockdowns in place. Is because people are like, oh, yeah. well, if 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 Boris Johnson says it's true, I don't trust him. Yeah. If he says it's what I should do, I I don't believe him. Which yeah, is I honestly think I honestly think a lot of people. 
voted the current government in in the UK kind of holding their nose while doing it, you know? Mm. I don't actually think that a lot of people liked the Conservative Party in its current form. No. But I think I think we, 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 we have such an anti-left um, propaganda across most media that yeah. they think, oh, well, this is the lesser of two evils. Definitely yeah. the, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. So I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to vote for them, mm. and then everything will be less shit than if it, if you know we got one of those old school lefty you know pie in the sky socialists yeah. in. Yeah. Because I, that means I mean, I, be, I can understand. Yeah. I can almost. I can almost. Almost kind of. I can't. Like I can't. I won't. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it, especially when the option on the other side was Corbyn, because I think Corbyn was a very defi- divisive. Uh, leader of the Labour Party. It, I don't think he was ever going to be someone that was going to unite the party and he was ever going to be someone that was going to win an election. You know, that one time where they came close and they were like, hey, we did so well. I think that was just more uh, like, you know, the, the the left people in the country were just so fucking outraged. They're like, no, we'll just vote for you because we don't, we we hate the other guys so much. I do think Keir Starmer as leader of Labour Party is a much better candidate. I think, you know, uh, from what I've seen, like uh, Prime Minister's question time over here, which isn't as easy to get hold of. And, uh, and you know, just the general Houses of Parliament, um, rather, rather the House of Parliament debates and stuff. Keir Starmer's really good at fucking calling the opposition out on their bullshit. Yeah. Well, he, I, I mean, the thing about, the thing about the previous and the new Labour leadership is the way I see it is that Corbyn was was an old school lefty basically, yeah. and and he a lot of the so he to me he was very kind of I liked him because he was obviously very principled. He had his left leaning principles, and in in my view, he held the, the, a lot of the same views that I do. Mm-hmm. So in principle, absolutely, he's my man if we're going to have a prime minister. But he he also came along with. Um, being a little bit of a, a yesterday's man in politics, because yeah. I think I don't think you can you can get elected being someone like that these days because the cult of personality thing, as I said, has gone too far. Like there, people are expecting a polished politician as much as they say they want a fresh, you know, fresh yeah. ideas and, and 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 change or whatever. You know, it's become a bit of a meme to be honest. But actually, if you put a, an old school lefty in in front of them they'll go well that's not that that guy just doesn't look professional enough to be leading the country you know? yeah however 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 principled you might be i but think keir starmer keir starmer plays the modern politics game a lot better yeah and therefore comes across a lot better in you know prime minister's questions or whatever and in the media but i also think he is a swing back towards new labor um, he is he is but i you know my attitude is that Progression comes in small doses. So I'd rather we swing back to new labor and then move forward from there than keep going down the current path. Oh, sure. I I, I would still rather have a labor government than the current one. I've I've absolutely no doubts about that. And I would, by the same token, I would hold my nose and vote for a Keir Starmer government (laughs) 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 as an alternative to, to, to conservatives. I wouldn't necessarily like it because I don't really believe in him in the way that I believed in the principles of what Jeremy Corbyn was trying to do. I I know, I just, it's the same thing... uh I was going to say it's the same thing with Bernie Sanders. In the, I love Bernie, but he and and same with uh, Warren as well. They're mm. just they are amazing, 
but they are too far for the general acceptance required to but, get. I mean, that's the crazy thing, though. Like the you know about what the Overton window is, yeah. right? Yeah, kind of the kind of window of acceptable opinion. So it's ve- it's obviously swung very it swung pretty far to the right here. It swung very far in the U.S. And Bernie is a centrist, really. He's not yeah. even left leaning. I mean, people like um, AOC. She yeah. is. She is actually left wing, and she is. She represents an actual radical voice. And I think a lot of young people, you know, she really speaks to them. And um, you know, but it, you know, it, she's still a bit of a, a, a. It's very much a minority movement in the states. But mm-hmm. Bernie is like he's not even left wing. He's just saying. Hey, can't we make sure everyone gets a bit of healthcare and it's affordable? <laughs> well, to be fair, oh, I mean, in, people are like, people are like, he's a communist. He's coming to, to fair, destroy. In, them. Like it's saying like, everyone, saying everyone should get healthcare and that uh, everyone should get like a basic living wage. That's fucking left leaning in America. Yeah, mm. I know, I know. But and that's it's, the crazy. That's, it's yeah. Leftovers from the Cold War. The Red mm. Panic in the US is fucking insane. The fact that it's still oh, it's, going on to this day. It's alive and well. It never went yes. away. This is what I'm saying. Absolutely they love a good moral away. panic in America. Yeah. You've got to have one every few decades just to keep things interesting. But the, the, coming back to what we were saying about the um, the cult of personality and um, uh, also the, you know, people wanting that more typical career politician aesthetic and feel in their elected officials now, I think that's one thing, that's one damage that the Trump legacy is going to have on there. Because even, you know, there's going to be a lot more uh, hesitance uh, from rational people to vote in uh, someone who is that kind of non-typical politician because of the last time they did it was Trump and what the fuck happened, right? Obviously, the mm. people that voted for Trump are going to keep voting for anyone that's of that radical. Like, you know, mm. Ted Cruz is basically trying to make himself the new Trump. I'd be interested to see if they will, though, because, I mean, with pot- Trump, it was it really was a cult of personality. Mm. It's not that he was a Republican, it's that he is Trump. That's what people like. And mm. I don't know if Ted Cruz is going to inspire that same well, I don't level. Think, I, I, I mean, can, I don't think an anal polyp can uh, inspire very much in anyone, really. The question is, can Ted Cruz actually run for president? Because he's actually Canadian. Hey, he that's has, very true. Mm, he has. Oh, you, have um, to, you have to be born in the US, don't you? To be, yeah. To be president. He's, he has um, removed his Canadian um, citizenship and mm. is purely US now. I but, think his name is even uh, really Ted. Yeah. Ted Cruz. Are you, saying, <laughs> are you saying that you demand to see Ted Cruz's birth certificate? <laughs> his long-form birth I certificate. I want to see his birth certificate. Uh, no, I'm correct. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Raphael Cruz. Um, wow. Which is arguably a better name. <laughs> Not if well, you yes, want to be elected it, as a Republican. It, it, yeah, yeah, if you, you want to be, be an American politician, I would say Ted is a lot a lot mm. more palatable. No, Chuck. For, for <laughs> white people. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck or But yeah, Chad. I think like, you know, I think obviously <laughs> there's, Chad, um, there's, there's a desperation amongst Republicans now to keep that crazy voter base. And that's mm. why they're standing behind people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm. Um, and yeah. I just I wonder if anyone is going to be able to capture that base the way Trump did because mm-hmm. it's you know it's not like his policies were particularly deep or meaningful you know people told him like hey you want to be a Republican you got to be anti-abortion she's like cool I'm anti-abortion tell people I'm anti-abortion it's not mm. really about what he was for it's about him as a personality yeah um, I mean the other the other like as much as the evil and everything of Trump. Uh, is a problem. I, I genuinely think the biggest problem right now 
it are more people like Mitch McConnell, uh, Lindsey Graham, um, Ted Cruz, those those career senators that are just evil, malignant forces in politics. Mm. But the other issue with the US politics system is the lobbies. Mm. The lobbies control the government. Like they're the medical insurance companies, the big tobacco companies, the firearm companies, the military industrial complex, which um which there was a kind of as a uh, president when he was leaving it was told, beware yeah, beware of the military industrial complex. Everyone fucking ignored it. Now look at it. Some of the biggest uh, funders behind well, both parties are probably Lockheed Martin and Boeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I would get, I would love to see inside um, Skunk Works. Is that where they keep the UFOs? No, Skunk Works is uh, Lockheed Martin's like uh, prototype um, development and secret technology. So development. it might be why they keep the UFOs. No, it's not where they keep them. It's where they use the technology from them to make new shit. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, like in uh, like in Independence Day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we, uh, so we wa- we finally watched the Independence Day Resurgence uh, not long ago. <laughs> oh, did you? It's certainly, yeah. It's certainly a it? film. It's okay. It's not great. Uh, it's not as offensive as everyone made out. It's saved completely by the fact that Jeff Goldblum is in it. Um, mm. But it, it, yeah, it's. I think if you really love Independence Day, there's no reason to watch Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, there isn't. But if you really love Jeff Goldblum, then maybe there, there are probably a... still better Jeff Goldblum films you could watch. I, I'd rather watch a good film with Jeff Goldblum in it, but mm-hmm. I get the, I get the, I get the rationale it's, definitely. It, like, I but, mean, I didn't come away going, "I hate this." I'm no, just like, it was it like was a fine way there. to pass some time. Though, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I watched the. What's the most recent Jurassic World film called? Oh, the second one with the, the where they take the the mutant thing into that, and it's basically a slasher fit with dinosaurs. That, I mean that. So that a that was a that was basically a rip off of the Lost World. Yep. B, yep. it was incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. And yep. C, it made me realise that not even sticking Jeff Goldblum in it can save a film. Well, Actually, they they completely misuse Jeff Goldblum because all he's doing is making a speech which you see parts of it right at the beginning and parts of it at the end. Yeah, he's not actually really in it, which which so I guess it almost doesn't count. But man, I, I'll tell you what, I've never walked out of a film in the cinema. But when I was watching that film, I went with Tony because she really wanted to see it because she really liked the first Jurassic World, which I thought was watchable, but like stupid to the point where I was like, this is so stupid that I'm not even finding it funny. It's just stupid. Like the bit where they... Yeah, but... (laughs) Anyway, um, the bit where they're kissing when there's pterodactyls killing people and I'm just like, what? Fuck. Priorities, people. Okay, uh, anyway... Anyway, so yeah, as I say, I never walked out of a film in the cinema, but when we were watching the second Jurassic World, I was so bored that I actually closed my eyes for 10 minutes and I was just like, I hope I can get a nap in here because <laughs> I was so I was so bored, so bored. I just couldn't believe how it was so by the numbers and so predictable and so and the script was just terrible and I was just like that is easily the worst film I've seen at the cinema and not even having Jeff Goldblum in it even tangentially could save it. So I, anyway, anyway, ran over. I just really No, no, I, I appreciate I've never seen it. Oh, and when I found out I, that Jeff Goldblum was ne- only... Never, 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 I, ever, As soon as I found do, out that he's only in like two it, scenes, never. I was like, I'm out. Um, yeah, never, the, never I've, I've, never, I've never walked out of a film in the cinema, but I have been ejected from one. Um, <laughs> I got kicked out of a showing of Titanic because I was laughing and a load of, <laughs> a load of like really angry <laughs> like 
you oh. know, women were, that were all crying and shit just got really angry with me and basically they fucking I, ejected me out of the cinema. I'm sorry. There's no way you can argue that that guy who falls off the back when it's rising up out of the sea hits the yeah. propeller and spins all the way down. It's not hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's the best bit of the whole film. It's hilarious. No. Uh, I, I I am like I saw Dave's post earlier about like how Meg is not a good film, and I fucking I heartily Shocking. disagree. Shocking. The Meg is amazing, bad film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazingly bad film, but it shouldn't have been. Uh, was it a PG thirteen? Mm. Yeah, it was in, in um, it was in it, development it, hell for so long. Like yeah. the, the author has been trying to get it made into a film basically since nineteen ninety seven, and mm. I would if imagine that, film that had a, what like, fifteen ended or an eighteen <laughs> rating, it would have been, <laughs> been so great. much better. But imagine that what ended yeah. up on screens is very different from the author's original vision. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it like in terms of like you know it's in that same vein as Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, it's, in that you can just sit and I, watch and have a look, great time it's, with it's that. It's Jason Statham fighting a giant shark. I don't know what people are expecting. Like it's not. Yeah, Give aspiring me, oh, to be high I, I, I will literally watch any film that has Jason Statham in it quite happily because the guy is just fucking fantastic. I'm going to, I'm I mean, going you know, to it, you know it. it's going to be entertaining at least. I'm going you? to bat Jason for Statham's it. Jason Statham's in it. It's going to have some entertainment value. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I will say, Crank and Crank Two are genuinely great films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched. I think I watched the first one of those. It's very forgettable, but like, oh, yeah, I, lo- I uh, yeah. think they're fantastic. I think this so- the second one, High Voltage, where he constantly has to like electrocute himself to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I, is it I, the yeah. first or the second one where he's running around like the raging stiffy? I don't remember that from either film. No, there's one where he like electrocutes him. I think it's the second. I think it's the second one. He electrocutes himself and he gets a raging hard on. He's running around for ages with a raging hard on. It's just the funniest fucking scene. Well, I'm I'm going to bat for the Meg because it, like I read that book at a very formative age. I think it's fucking amazing, and I want them to make the sequels because there's going to be like Leoplorodons and giant prehistoric whales and time travel and mm. all kinds of crazy shit. It's going to be amazing. I want some of that. I yeah. want some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you make it, I will go watch it because well, me, the missus, and Mark, we will watch shit shark films. Hmm. Yeah. Shark film, basically, yeah. yeah. Any shark film, which it like some of the ones we have watched, um, Raiders of the Lost Shark, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> um, one we've got saved up to watch next time. Well, because he's now moved over to Wales, we can when we can, we're going to go over there and we're going to watch Malibu Shark Attack, <laughs> which is wow. on our list of things to watch. Um, but yeah, we have watched some of the most atrociously made it's, films. It's like, like a whole mm. subgenre of films. It's amazing. Yeah, Frankenshark. I love it. Or, Sand I Shark. It's, it's Frankenshark or Sharkenstein. One of them's a softcore <laughs> porn. The other one's a shark film with <laughs> the occasional porn? bit of tit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> it's great. I love that films like this exist. Like I'm not highbrow when it comes to cinema. I want explosions mm. and giant animals fighting each other. That's all I need. Mm. Um, I think I, that, I think there's a time and a place for almost any kind of film, though, isn't there? Oh, like yeah, I like yeah. I quite like high art stuff, but I also like ridiculous, silly, stupid stuff. But, oh yeah, uh, I mean, there's I a place for it all. There's a place for it all in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the series of uh, multiple. It's like basically multiple head shark attack. Like there's two headed shark attack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Three headed shark, um, and then there's five headed shark attack, mm-hmm. which so, is basically that shark is five heads. And it's attacking. It uses his limbs to walk on his back. <laughs> um, so <laughs> fucking what, amazing. On this topic, what is everyone's favourite shark film? The Meg. Um, I am actually a massive fan of the original Jaws film. Okay, you're, so you're going for like quality. Serious quality. I mean, the, no, Jaws is a great film. It's a fucking amazing film, and I have a massive soft spot in my heart for that. I mean, I've watched all of the Jaws films. 
including Jaws 3 and Jaws the Revenge, both of which are <laughs> terrible shit films. Yeah. But the original Jaws, um, with you barely see the shark in it because it was so badly made and that made that film because mm. the shark was so would malfunction all the time that's why you never saw it you'd only see it at the couple of bits at the end because it kept breaking down in salt water <laughs> <laughs> um but it made that film amazing and but spielberg's direction behind it as well was just something else i mean i mean like i said i've watched a lot of bad shark films like mega shark versus colossus is yeah. brilliant <laughs> A giant Russian robot powered by red matter. Yes, please. Okay, Finding a shark, even better. <laughs> um, See, I don't. I haven't seen enough shark films to even really vote on this. I definitely, I, I love Jaws as a film, but I just haven't seen many shark films. So, see, for me, mine is, um, mine's. It's a bad film, but it's a campy favorite. It's Deep Blue Sea. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, Deep Blue Sea Two. Sorry, I've oh, seen was, Deep Blue Sea Two. No, that was quite recent, wasn't oh, it? Was yeah. A Deep Blue Sea 3 is out as well now, which um, is again another one we're going to watch with Mark at some Why point. didn't they call it Deep Blue 3? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> do, do, do they still have LL Cool J in them? Uh, no, <sighs> um, but we have watched the entire Sharktopus series of Sharktopus, Sharktopus versus Terracuda and Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> again, Amazing. brilliant film so, series. Um, I mentioned it on the last show. Uh, me and Naomi are, are embarking on a project uh, for some for some shows for for the Protein Ramblings. Um, we have got the top two hundred um, uh, horror movies of all time from uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what we've done is we've bracketed them out by decade, and we're going to do a show per decade and talk about other films. And uh, we're basically going to watch them in like a, a, a tournament format uh, until we get the best from each decade, and then decide ultimately what is the best horror film of all time. So that's that's a long form project for the show that we're going to be working on. Mm-hmm. 200 plus like well it's actually gonna be just over 200 films because there were some uh decades that ended up with uneven numbers in brackets so we've had to add some in there and there were some just obvious classics that were missing but did you like we're going back to like the 1920s like 100 year old movies like nosferatu Mm -hmm. yeah that's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting i can already tell you what's winning the 70s though alien Ooh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but a thriller though. No, it's a sci-fi horror. It's a sci-fi horror. Oh, yeah. I, I, I count. I definitely count it as a horror film. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, it falls. It falls in, far enough into that bracket. It's basically True. a haunted house film in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About May but, it's a, but it's a, it's a monster movie as well, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's one of the most atmospheric films uh, oh, yeah. of all time by a long margin. Are uh, we watching yeah. uh, the honest trailer? We we're just watching some honest trailer last night. I watched the one for um, not Prometheus, Covenant, Covenant Alien. Co- Ridley Scott's going to make six more Alien films. Why? What? Why? Yeah, I know. It's like oh you my god, even, already they shouldn't even it. have let him. Um, oh my god, I can't even tell you. Is it just because it's going to take six films? Coke or asses. That's what he needs to stop doing. <laughs> Is it going to take him six films to explain everything that happened in Covenant? No, because you can explain everything that happened in Covenant in one sentence. Pissy android destroyed everything. That's fair. Yeah, it's all. It's all. That's the thing, though. He's he's closed the loop and explained. The stuff that happened pre-Alien, mm. but he's done it, and it's it's all so disappointing. <laughs> I was like, I'd much rather not know than have you explain it like this. Yeah, because the more it, doesn't you explain, any, it doesn't make any sense. No, the more you explain like Xenomorphs, the less sense they make. 
I mean, just yeah. look at the xenomorph life cycle for a lot. Like, <laughs> all Wayland Yutani is a corporation. Like, is this all they yeah. do? They're just into xenomorphs. Like, there must be other branches of the corp, right? They, but they've got one that's specifically dedicated to finding incredibly dangerous aliens and bringing them home. You've got to wonder, haven't you? Like, yeah, I mean, the CEO of that company is like, what are their board meetings like? Yeah. What What did they discuss in a way? Uh, let's, let's get in um, Alan to discuss how the Xenomorph project is more people dead, you say? Another spaceship lost? I can tell you again, still? how okay. that's going to go. It's basically going to be, get the mirror out. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> we need well, to get, we're getting aliens, man. I want the PowerPoint presentation from the Whalen Utani board meeting where they discuss the Xenomorph project. What I want to do. And just show the statistics. So, uh, yes, we've. Uh, 26% of our workforce are currently impregnated, uh, the other 60% are dead. And then we have a, a small minority here which are trapped on a spaceship on a planet somewhere and we can't reach them. So that's another trillion dollars gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what I want to do. We should do this for a future show. I want to do the Whalen Utani versus Umbrella Corporation. Oh, who's who is the most successful evil corporation? <laughs> because okay, I think it, it's Umbrella. Here's something I want to throw into the mix here. Here's my prediction that for the future that I may not even live to see come true. But I believe that uh, Tesla will become Wayland Yutani eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look, look, at work, look at SpaceX and everything Elon Musk is doing there, right? I and mean, also, there's, a creepy there's another company, electric car company in China called NIO um, that you know could easily merge and become t- part of Tesla. So then you've got Tesla, Tesla NIO replacing mm. Wayland Yutani. It's and, all very. And, um... and Elon Musk becomes the the Wayland character. And ends up using SpaceX to go and find the xenomorphs, and then we're all fucked. It's basically. leading us towards a very cyberpunk dystopian future. You're Which, just massive corporations ruling everything. I mean, mm. I could like yep. so. I play I play Shadowrun um, uh, RP, which is obviously basically kind of Blade Runner future, but with magic yep. and so. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm not completely opposed to it. It's like you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I mean, it'll be horrible, but you know, I've I, I had like, enough of interesting, the horrible. Is, the times. thing is, the the, the the you know that 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 kind of um, mega corporation cyberpunk future. At least it's got a cool aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I live in yeah. the gutter, but at least I've got my vaporwave aesthetics. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really yeah. into vaporwave. In case you hadn't noticed from the rebranding of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk recently, so I haven't picked it, it up. Ooh. I haven't picked it up yet because I just heard it's buggy as shit. Still, I'm, wait, I'm waiting. I'm yeah. to do a couple more patches. And yeah, probably, ditto. Uh, They've like had the, the first, first big chapter come out now. Um, Usually, with these, with these big new games like the most hyped AAA game, I'll uh, I get really excited for it, and then I'm like, wait a minute, no, I'm not going to pre-order this because it's going to be buggy as shit when it yeah. comes out. And then eventually, what I usually end up doing is waiting till the first time it goes on sale and then buying it then. Yeah. Find out uh, they've fixed it. Yeah, I got a Steam gift card from work. So, I'm like, you know, fuck, I'm buying Cyberpunk. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I... Sorry, go on, man. No, I was just saying, why not? But I mean, yeah. as a. As a, as a kind of as a kind of proxy fill-in, I've played loads of Cyberpunk <laughs> games to kind of not play Cyberpunk, but to play Cyberpunk. So, okay, I've played yeah. like. I've played Observer, which is which is quite good. That's all uh, Roger Howard, isn't it? Doing uh, the main voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's quite good. Um, I played. Um, oh, what's it called? Soma. Soma's post was really good. I've not played that because that's the guys that made um, Amnesia, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but it's 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 similar mechanics, but of course it's a, it's a sci-fi futuristic yeah. sci-fi setting. 
Um, it's had a fair few comparisons to Bioshock. I was going to say you can think, always just go back and play Bioshock because classic. I don't think it's unfair, although it's less is much less actiony than than than. So if you imagine um, Bioshock being more like was, Amnesia, you getting towards what it's like. Okay, what um, was the? Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Oh, what was the, the the Bioshock was the spirit System Shock, System Shock. If you want like classic yeah. Cyberpunk, go back and play System Shock. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if you want a great Cyberpunk game, like you're saying about uh, Shadowrun, the actual Shadowrun video games are fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Tactical. I played. Um, I played Dragonfall a couple of years ago. That yeah. was really good. Yeah. They, they, they are really good. Um, uh, my friend Miro's just got, uh, he kickstarted the Shadowrun board game as well. So we've got oh, that. What? Yeah, I've got that to look forward to playing. Um, but yeah, like Cyberpunk in general as an aesthetic and as a game premise, it, it works very well for computer games, I think, uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in ter- I mean, in terms of in games recently, I, uh, I got sucked into Genshin Impact. Which is all your time and your money, because uh, the freemium model is uh, not. I mean, it's like you want to progress and you don't want to put in five thousand hours. Yeah. <laughs> Cough up, motherfucker. Um, yeah. Do you want some crack? The first hit's free. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. And it, the thing is, the combat and it is really addictive. So it, you keep and it's got a really cool aesthetic and look. It's anime as fuck. So obviously, Weeboo yeah. me is totally into it. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I, I've. I've really not been playing a lot of games because I was working and it's... I, I, I've got this this element, like Nair was saying before, about like I'd rather be playing board games. I think part of that is because I'm sat at a fucking computer all day. I My recreation yeah. time, I don't want to be at a computer anymore. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I've been playing a bit of Rust recently again, getting back into that. Um, I know um, Ian picked up a... Well, got a Rust server and um, a few of us have been playing on there just having a bit of a run around. And that's been nice. Just It's basically been mainly just me and EO which has been a real nice pass in the past, playing some games of EO for the first time in years. Awesome. It's uh, really fun. So, I, so I've so i been playing a lot of games with uh, my brother Phil and uh, his friend Paul, or my friend Paul now as well, um, and motherfuckers have got me playing WoW. Oh, no. I know, okay. I know. But I have my... We're getting into Guild Wars again. We're going back into yeah. Guild Wars. Yeah. That's, that's a, 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 like... I can bring it all the way back around to mental health here. Yes. Uh, I think that's whatever social interaction you can get at the moment, whether it's whether it's a poor substitute for seeing people in person or not, and to be honest, most things are. Yeah. I appreciate and miss seeing people in person. Like back when that back when that was a given and you know, you could do that anytime. I missed out on so many opportunities just because I couldn't be bothered to go and see people in person. But yeah. once we're out of all this my God, I'm going to go and see so many people in person. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm anticipating lots of visitors coming here. <laughs> yeah, you know. I just want to, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to go and hug people for an uncomfortably <laughs> yeah, long amount definitely. of time. I'll tell you what, it's one of the one of the, th- the drivers behind me revamping the podcast and really getting this up and running again as well, <laughs> because this is just a great way to touch base and to, to, to connect with people and just have Absolutely. a fucking conversation, you know? Because we obviously don't yeah. talk to each other. I mean, we talk to each other all the time. <laughs> but we've, we've like we've been together 12 years i we have we, nothing left to say well no we do but we say the same shit to each other a lot <laughs> like i don't know many how how many times i've heard the story about holly getting the cheese stuck in her but mouth but it's a good story yeah <laughs> but you know it's like there there is a there is a there's a finite amount obviously we can talk about current events and that but there's you know 
It's fine. Yeah, you can just you can just say that you're bored of my company. I, I'm, I'm not, not going to be offended. Like I, I mean, I'm, we, we're having great conversations about your books at the moment because mm-hmm. I'm I'm currently reading through Naomi's Blood Canticles series, which oh, yeah. I really recommend. It's fantastic. Uh, Blood Witch is an amazing book. I burned through that like in a night or so. I like and so much so that I didn't sleep. I, it was so good that I couldn't stop reading and lost out on a night's sleep. So high praise. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but like, no, seriously, high praise. Um, it's fantastic. And I beta read um, her upcoming release. When uh, is that like known? There's that no com- projected release date. So do, 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 do the public know about it? I don't, at I don't all? mind people talking about it. It's okay, fine, so like... the, the, the upcoming uh, project, um, Hand of Fate, which, oh, fucking me is so good like genuinely one of my favorite books that she's written um the concept is fantastic it's um so you have magical families and if you're born into a magical family you may be born with a power and that power manifests in your hand uh, not everyone gets a power um and the t- the main protagonist uh, has the hand of ghosts which basically as it starts out she can dispel ghosts that's and it's deemed to be a shit power um and her mother is a psycho from hell who has uh, her power is the hand of nightmares she can make nightmares become real and it touched dark twisted funny fantastically compelling i'm gonna book. have to get you to all my promotion for it like when i when i have a book out i'm just like hey i wrote a thing you probably shouldn't like i, I don't want to you know like oh let's not talk about it forget it forget it forget it well i told you when hand when hand of fate comes out we're gonna do an episode where we discuss it in in depth without spoilers um in terms of uh the concept it's it's just fantastic I, I really can't wait for that to come out um so yeah that's uh that that's some up, up and coming stuff for the show and we have a cat yeah i think it's dinner time yeah um on that note uh we've been going for a good couple of hours so i think we'll start wrapping things up here um uh it's been it's been a, a nice meandering through topics here, starting off with some discussions of lockdown, mental health, and bleeding into politics, and then into shark films of all things <laughs> and gaming. So, you know, very true to our name of uh, Protean Ramblings, yeah. I think. Um, and it's been a pleasure uh, having you on again, Ben. Um, hopefully you'll yeah, be great. open to coming on again uh, in the future. Please invite me on any time. Um, I can't guarantee I'll know anything about the topics you're talking about, but I'm <laughs> happy to wait. That's you not know. really a requirement, to be no. honest. No. Yeah. To be fair, one of the reasons I like having you on is you're generally a very well-informed person. So, uh, when we- <laughs> Unlike me. I'm yeah. Bungle Bung- adds flavor. <laughs> Does he add custard flavor? That's, yep. Smoked custard Pretty flavor. much. I had one thing to say that I actually I thought yes. of. When Bungle was talking about custard earlier, I so I was having a very middle class argument with some friends the other day about what quiche is and what defines a quiche. Yes, and so we obviously went to the Wikipedia article, and apparently, in order for it to be a quiche, you have to make so it, obviously it has um, pastry, but then the only other requirement really is that it's made from a savoury custard. Yes. I just found that phrase kind of weird and disgusting. If you if you I think saw... about savory custard, it sounds grim, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you wouldn't yeah. if somebody was like it have some savory grim, custard, you'd say no. It's the perfect description of what the eggy stuff is in there. Yeah, it's basically no, no. It, it, it just it just sounded weird to me, and it sounded weird. <laughs> I feel like there should be my, another name and, for it. Also, like it's very euphemistic. So <laughs> it should be. Hey, if, in fact, we should, we, we should we should start a movement to change the name from quiches to a savory custard tart. <laughs> Oh, no. 
that's just it ruined it for me, Talk, man. Talking of baking before we go, actually. So um obviously over here I, I miss a lot of British food. Um and one of the things that I miss a lot is I mean it's not high class food, but I miss a good Greg's. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I've been I've made my own Greg's steak bakes. I saw that. Yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I also made some pulled pork steak bakes, uh, which were fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, I, I've started baking because <laughs> well, after this, I'm going to be attempting my first ever proper cake since secondary school, which is I'm making a clad kaka, which is a Swedish um, brownie cake, basically. Hmm. Ah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that comes out. Nice. The name doesn't sound very appetizing, but no. I hope no. I love kaka. <laughs> Um, uh, obviously I make cheesecakes on a semi-regular basis I'm due to make another one soon I think um, but uh, we've been starting to get these because um, supermarkets here are fucking I rail about this on I think every fucking show that we do but supermarkets in the du- in, in the Dutch in the Netherlands are fucking shit I miss Tesco's it's really hard to get like high quality produce especially when it comes to meats and things like that Um so we've uh, started because uh, I think it exists in a lot of countries. HelloFresh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've yeah. started getting HelloFresh uh, for the last couple of weeks now, and that's been fantastic. That's been really, really cool. Uh, tonight, the thing that I'm making is a uh, a chicken pot pie, effectively. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Anything with pastry, like it's the northerner in me, just give me pastry all the time. And that's the other thing, like I, like I love fish and chips, and you can get great fi- great battered fish here and great chips here, but you can't get the two in the same place. What? So you can go and get kibbling, which is basically like fish from uh, chip, fish it's from cuddles. a chippy. It's but it's like small cod bites, deep fry, uh, battered and deep fried, and it's amazing. And then you can get great Flemish fries from like. But all they said the shops only sell fries. So you have to go and get your kibbling from one shop, your chips from another shop, and then you have to go to a special British shop to get gravy. Because <laughs> gravy doesn't exist here. What? Yeah, you can't find Bisto for shit. No, you have to go to like a, a particular like expat stores for stuff and malt vinegar as well. Yeah, vinegar doesn't exist. And like salt and vinegar crisps aren't really a thing outside of Pringles. Uh the the flavours of crisps here are paprika, 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 and ready salted. Oh, hold on though. Hold on though, because I when I went to Belgium, one of the things I always get when I go to Belgium is um uh pickle crisps. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they have pickle here, but it's weak sauce. It's not sharp. And, yeah, it's oh. bullshit. It's and they only do it in Lay's or Walkers, and it's bollocks. So if you oh. want decent pickle crush, you have to go and get Monster Munch or something from the the British expat shop. Oh, okay, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it's like crisp selection here. Like the one the uh, Albert Hein, our local shop, does Tyrells, um, and they do do a good black truffle and a good. Uh, they do have Tyrell salt and vinegar, which isn't as sharp as I'd like it because Co-op's truly irresistible Chardonnay uh, vinegar and salt. Sharpest motherfucking salt and vinegar. They make your mouth hurt after a full bag. Yeah, you know they're good if they make your mouth hurt a bit. Don't yeah, and like that, that's, what I, yeah, that's what I miss. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real problem here trying to get good food. And I, I literally don't think since we've moved here, there hasn't been, there's not been a show where I haven't bitched about that. I think yeah, mm. it, it's it's kind of your thing. It really bothers me. I miss I, you know, I miss fucking chop shop, uh, chop house, and that oh, kind yeah. of food, like good hearty British fare, like a suet pudding. Well, 
Don't, don't we all, mate? Don't we yeah. all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Right now, everyone does. Um, I mean, it's weird as well because we do have like a lot of good restaurants. I mean, we've got fantastic Japanese restaurants. We actually have a good uh, proper izakaya style restaurant here, which uh, when you guys come over, I'll have to take you to. And you, I have to take you guys to Lars as well because you guys would fucking love Lars. Um, but yeah, the, there is so much good food here. It's ridiculous. Just not to buy and take home. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yes, so anyway, anyway, that was just another last tangent to slip yeah, now into that, the Now end. that we've got the, the supermarket rant. Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't let the supermarket rant not happen this episode. Um, but yeah, uh, so hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um, once again, just a quick reminder, go check out easypeasycbd.co.uk for all your CBD needs. Uh, the code rambling will get you 40% off your order. Um, and we will be back uh, in the not too distant future with um, another episode. I'm not sure what's the next one on the agenda Wayland yutani versus umbrella well yeah that might be the next thing they do <laughs> it might be a, a Wayland yutani versus umbrella episode um we'll have to do our research on that and actually look into some corporate statistics that <laughs> or fictional corporate statistics that exist um and length of company like when was Wayland yutani founded versus umbrella and so on but um uh, but also you've got the uh the 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 horror film rundown to look forward to that we're working on um and uh, there'll be some more wrestling bollocks as well coming up, um, uh, especially given everything that's happening. I think we might have to do an episode about the... Or like uh, an emergency cast? We might have to do an episode about the New Japan AEW yeah. working relationship that's now happening. So, uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. I'll probably get Nat and uh, Tiga back on for that. But until we're back next time, hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll love you and leave you. Hope everybody stays safe out there. And once again, thank you for joining us, Ben. And lovely to have you back, Bungle. Yeah, nice to be back. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's been uh, fun. Uh, so for now, everyone, stay safe, and we will catch you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.